0: Everyone to episode 104 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Got Bill here, got Chris here, got Kelsey here. The whole gang is back. Ooh. Glad to have everyone. Lot to uh, catch up on. Uh, so let's uh, jump right in. Kelsey, up in the uh, in the north there. What's been going on with you? Oh, nothing too crazy.
1: Um, I actually, had less game time the last couple weeks than I typically have. So. I've been playing all all RPGs though. I was reading my list and I'm like, wow, there's nothing like light in here. It's all like heavy duty stuff. Uh, so Bill, last time was talking about Final Fantasy VI in such a way that I was like, man, I really want to play Final Fantasy VI again. <laughs> so I actually got through it just this morning. I finished it off. So I'm I've finished Final Fantasy started and finished since last time we talked, and. I'll, i think we might have a, a deeper discussion on that in the future so I'll, I'll just leave my thoughts mostly uh till then but still really really good really really good um chris keeps teasing me that we haven't finished elden ring so despite him we've done literally everything in elden ring except finish it uh, we've got all the trophies except for any of the endings um we just haven't... Keep you busy. Yeah, we just haven't tried to even fight him again. My, my son wanted to maybe platinum it, so I was like, okay, let's see if we can do that. And so we started looking up where the uh, armaments and uh, legendary spells and those kind of things are. I went and cleaned those up, Fought all the bosses that we missed. We did screw one of them up, so we won't be able to get that one until the next playthrough. Uh, but yeah, we got like, I think, 85% or something of the trophies, and the rest are mostly ending-related, I think. Good
2: news is um, New Game Plus can go real quick because unless there's something specific you want to go after, it's plow through. Yeah, You you don't really need to go through all those caves and dungeons (laughs) and everything.
1: Yeah, that's what I was looking. It looks like a lot carries over into New Game Plus, so you really don't have to do a lot other than grab the story-related items again.
2: Now, if there's stuff that you wanted to do the alternate side, like some of those quests, you can only do one or the other. So like... um, Selene's quest—you can yep. only you have to make a choice, so you can go the opposite way there, and then Millicent's quest—you
1: can go yeah. the other way on that one. We were a team, uh, Zella. We went. We joined her to fight the uh, poor little man who got killed. Like Jaren's. Yeah. All
2: yeah. <laughs> right. Well, next time around, you can.
1: It doesn't work out very well for Selene, though, does it? Yeah. <laughs> no, but like we when we had the Elden Ring episode, and you were talking about like the. Uh, the basement with the dolls and stuff like those weren't things that i had experienced at the time so we got there and it's was like oh here's the creepy doll basement and yeah this is pretty disturbing
2: yeah that's probably something else you'll want to do is um if you didn't give the potion to dung eater or or uh, nefeli you can uh do one of them per cycle i think so. we're
1: locked into the pro Renali ending is my assumption Renala, Renala, um ronnie I don't know. Something with an R.
2: Yeah. Did you do the Frenzied Flame stuff? Uh, I think so. If you did that, then you're stuck with that one unless you use... You can use the unallied gold needle, Hmm. and then you can choose a different ending. But if you chose Frenzied Flame, if you did that part with the three fingers, you have to either do that ending or use the unallied gold needle, um, and then that'll... Remove the frenzy stuff, <laughs> and then you can choose a different ending.
1: I think we're frenzied. I don't know what's going. on. Your eyes will be yellow. Time. You'll you'll be able to tell uh, pretty quick. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we're like level 178 or something. I think. So I'm hoping the beast will go down pretty pretty good this time. And we got the shield you recommended and maxed it up to like plus 25. So,
3: yeah, we'll, we'll get put better. a
1: holy
2: put a holy infusion on it, and then go max holy defense gear and put your shield talisman on and uh
3: you'll be fine
1: cool um also uh mike and i one of our patrons uh we've been playing through lufia 2 and we had a really good session last time usually we we're lucky to get like through one dungeon when we sit down because some of them are just we hit a point where we need to grind, or there's like a puzzle that we get stuck on for like an hour. Or we just end up going back and forth to town because we're not well equipped, or something. Something happens, and we don't we don't move very fast in that game. But this last one, we actually like blasted through two dungeons, like pretty quick. They were really straightforward. We were like just figuring out puzzles like really quick. Uh, bosses weren't a problem because I think of all the grinding we've done previously kind of blasted through him so that was nice I think maybe one or two more sessions and we should be done with that one and my other buddy that I'm playing Digital Devil Saga 2 with did like the best thing ever and I showed up to his house and he's like I was just really bored this week I watched a lot of TV so he's like I just grinded while well, I was watching TV and I was like oh cool like there's these things called mantras uh, so like Bill you know, it's kind of like the sphere grid in Final Fantasy 7 mm. where you can like uh-huh make any character learn any ability if you go down the grids in the right way and so typically we'll have like a character who's like you know i know earth spells and maybe like healing and a couple status effect ones like you'll, you'll have two kind of expertise areas and like one you're okay with and a bunch of stuff you don't know so I, I come back and he's got like everybody's like almost filled out like except for the very outer ring which is like the very late game stuff and all of our characters are 20 levels higher than the last week when I was over.
3: <laughs>
1: and he didn't even move the map from where we were last time. He just ran up and down the same hallway for like <laughs> a week straight, <laughs> it sounds like. So it was really good because this last dungeon uh, was super tough and very long, which is normal for a Shin Megami uh, but like we'd get to a boss that normally we would have really... Struggled, or we would have been missing a stupid skill that would have been really helpful, and we would have had to grind that out. So, we were able to just do a quick switch and slam through them on the second attempt. Uh, There was one part of the dungeon where, uh, typically in in the Digital Devil games, you morph your characters from like a human form into a monster, and you do like 98% of the game in your monster form because your human form sucks and is very weak. Uh, There's a whole section of the dungeon, like an entire floor, where you can't convert into a monster and you have to be your human form so it's a lot of like running and like barely getting through fights even 20 levels up from where we should have been it was really tough to get through that part so i was so thankful he did that because we made it through skin of our teeth still saved so we never have to go through that area again
3: <laughs>
1: and we i think we're saved like right outside the last boss room and there's two optional bosses to the sides that you have to meet special conditions to open up, and we've done one of the special conditions. So we're gonna get the other second special condition next week, and then slam through all three bosses, and
0: then I think we're done, unless there's a twist. Uh, but it's been very cool. Yeah, and then you got to go through the dungeon again, but upside down. Exactly. The entire game. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I picked up some movies this week.
1: Um, I haven't watched much, but we went down to our local place and grabbed a bunch of used shows uh last time i went there he had the very first brad pitt movie which i was very excited about and picked up and watched and it's awful it's really really slow and boring but you get to hear brad pitt sing like four times in it which was interesting like
0: first ever or like first starring?
1: first starring role yeah and like uh-huh. samuel L. jackson was in it and kathleen keener and there there was like two or three other people that i'm like i know all these people it's so weird because nobody talks about this movie or knows that it even exists Mm. Uh, but this time I picked up the very first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, which I've also never mm. seen on DVD and was very
0: excited to pick up. So I'm, if it's what I think it is, I've never seen that. What do you think is it is? Is Pumping Iron? Is it, is it Hercules? It's Hercules in New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they dubbed him uh, with a different actor. <laughs> I, I will find out soon. I only, oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to spoil that. No, that's okay. I only know so, a couple like memes from that show, but I've never like seen it. I've seen clips where it was his first role in this country and I've seen clips where they're like, you know, they didn't think his accent would, you know, would work here. Right. So, so, so I've seen the clip where like you actually hear Arnold deliver the line and then you hear the voice that they dubbed over instead. So <laughs> I would, it would be really, I know those, that his recordings exist. So it'd be awesome if like the DVD version, like gives you the choice to hear like I'll, him or the other I'll actor. If you post it, I'm pretty excited. Yeah yeah let me know I've never seen it yeah. I actually I won a Predator uh, shirt at a screening of Predator at Alamo Draft House by answering a, like a trivia question and it was like oh like what was like Schwarzenegger's like first film and I I knew it was Hercules and I won my favorite Predator tank top that's awesome yeah.
1: uh, I filled in a couple other Arnold tolls in my collection I got Raw Deal, Red Heat and all three Expendables movies <laughs> I didn't so, even know there was a third one I haven't seen, I've only seen the first one. So the other, same, second and third will be the me. first one. And Chris, I have a question for you. I picked up, because I only had the first Superman movie previous to this. Uh, so I picked up two, three, and four. And then I also picked up that Donner cut of two. So when I go to watch them, do I need to watch regular two or do I just watch the Donner cut? Or how, how would you approach that? Or watch them both? Have you you've have you
2: seen two no. somewhat recently? Everything
1: after one is new to me. I've only seen one before.
2: Due to how the Donna cut had to be made, probably go ahead and watch both because um, since both movies were kind of shot at the same time, uh-huh. um, there were a few pieces of two that were not done. They um, were like just a few things they were supposed to go back and finish up. Essentially, a lot of it is just like the ending stuff between them. So what happened, I I guess I don't want to spoil it, but they have to reuse some stuff from the first movie to kind of fill it out. I mean, it still comes through and it works fine, but um, it's different. Donner Cut's a better movie, Um, but I think I would probably still say watch both of them because Watch the,
1: the theatrical release first and then the Donner Cut second?
2: I'd say if you've never seen either, spoil yourself and watch the Donner cut first and yeah. then watch the other one. And you can have an honest kind of feeling of which one you like better.
3: Okay.
2: But I just think Donner's, he's just better at putting together a story. And there's enough difference where some of the character stuff feels a little different. Then the, re—than because they went, and like once they lost Donner for the second one, they went and they shot a bunch of stuff. To change the storyline mm-hmm. for it, and I don't know. I'll let you watch them and, and decide what you think. Mm-hmm. But right. um, would you watch? I don't some, know like, what
1: back to back, or would you go through like Dawn or three, four, and then come back to two if I want to check it out later.
2: Three is okay. Four sucks, so I, I would say watch. I
1: four. Four.
2: Okay, four was, is so bad it's good.
0: Yeah, I destroy really Superman. Enjoyed, <laughs> I really enjoyed four as a kid. And, you know, when you go back and you watch something and you're like, man, like, how did I like this? And it was because you were just watching a Superman movie as a kid. Um, But I have actually seen it fairly recently, like, you know, like a number of years ago. And it's not so awful that I was, like, embarrassed to like it. But I was like, oh, I I saw the cracks in it, (laughs) you know, like more so when I was a kid. But I didn't regret rewatching it. Cool.
2: So what version of of one did you pick up?
1: um i don't i didn't know there was more than one version i thought only well, two. there's been a
2: lot of releases but like some of them have a lot of commentary and backstory and like the most recent 4k blu-ray it's just the film but if you have some of the other versions like the dvd i just have um, DVD, yeah. like one of the dvd releases is dual-sided and they have like a ton of cool stuff on the other side i don't oh, know okay. if yours is And a lot of that content is really kind of neat and seeing the backstory stuff. And then I've got like the DV set that came out with like the full set of the movies and has like a bunch of extra stuff. So if you got some of the extras, if that interests you, I'd say watch them. The 4K transfer that they just did about a year or two ago is actually really good to the point where it's so good. You can start to see some of the things that you really, some of the other ones you don't (laughs) notice as much. Because it's Mm -hmm. so sharp, it's so well done. Some of the effects, you can, you know what I mean? Like there's a couple spots where you get like, oh, that's kind of like a doll. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I noticed that in the 4K Blade Runner 82 transfer. It's like the best way to watch it is Laserdisc or like DVD. Because like everything blends the way that they like wanted it to.
2: Yeah. When you get to 4K, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still enjoyed it a lot. Uh, It was my birthday present, I think two years ago or something but um you can start to see things you really probably should never have seen um which is fine i think if you've got a dvd copy you'll be fine with it True. um three is a richard Pryor vehicle right. so i mean there's obviously some
0: superman in it um <laughs> but i remember the least about three wait i remember him looking at his like package of cigarettes and adding an ingredient to, like, the, you know, secret formula he's working tar. on. And that's, like, all yeah. I remember. Yeah, he's like, oh, tar. And he throws it in. That's all I remember about three.
1: Which one has nuclear, man? Is that three or four? Four.
0: Four. Okay, I'm actually kind of excited about that, then. I'm I'm really hoping you like it and we can have, like, a slumber party and, like, watch deal. it again. Deal, deal. <laughs> it is really, like, one of those so bad it's good.
2: But what you'll want to see is, if you can... um Like the outtakes of the original shots of four. Oh my God. They still have some of the footage around. And originally in four, they were supposed to be like, um, like the first experiment to make nuclear man failed and made basically like, I don't even know how to describe it. Kind of like an idiot. Kind of like, almost like a Frankenstein monster kind of character. Not even a bizarro. I mean, just like, think of like a Frankenstein kind of like yeah, creature. Um, maybe slightly smarter than that, but it was really just dumb. And of course he gets trounced by Superman but it looks so terrible and so bad. <laughs> you' you're even to the point where you're like you're glad they never bothered to try <laughs> to use it. If you look at this, this whole story of how Superman 4 came about, it's oh my god, it was such a giant mess. um you know the budget got chopped to next to nothing like after christopher reeve you know agreed to do it and oh my it's just oh my god and it was handled by you know it's a different studio and everything else than did all the other movies and it's kind of ridiculous a that it ever even got made and and b that it is what it is but it's fun to watch just for the the quest for peace right is the The quest for peace yes Well, and superman 3 point. is just superman 3 it's weird that they had to subtitle
1: <laughs> for but oh, to look forward I, I, to that was yeah that
2: was chris reeves's that deal that's the only reason he agreed to do that is if he could push his anti-nuclear story so
1: um and crit or not chris bill to bring it back to blade runner you mentioned a second ago um i messaged in our discord i don't know if you saw it i've been watching bob's burgers and the end of season 12 is a two-part episode. And, oh, my God, there's so much Blade Runner in it. You are going to oh, really? love it. It's, like,
0: I'm, heavily, I'm just seeing your heavily Blade message Runner. in Discord now. I did not know that. Yeah, because the, the movie was the first Bob's Burgers we experienced. And then we started watching the show. So we're quite a bit away from uh, uh, season 12. And mm. that uh, makes me want to kind of push through a little bit quicker. And there was an
1: episode in 11 where... Uh, they do like homages to a few different movies. And one of them is predator and mm. oh, it's so funny. Uh, they're <laughs> trying to make, uh, Jean not like foods they're serving for Thanksgiving. So he doesn't feel like he's missing out. So they make up stories, but they're like parodies of movies. So it's the predator so that he doesn't want to eat bread. <laughs> and some of the puns are just so funny. We, they call them like uh, Dutch oven rather than Dutch. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, yeah, but, it's so good. Yeah, that's about all I've been up I to, can... to lately.
0: That's pretty great. So, uh, Chris, what's been going on with you? You said I know you said not too much before, but I assume you've played through Elden Ring several more times <laughs> since the last time we spoke. No, I've played a little, but not a
2: lot. I I queued up a new character. But I haven't really done a whole lot with it. Um, I mean, just for whenever I get the feels, or, or if you want to do some co op or something at some point in time. But yeah, if not, that'll be whenever I feel like doing another run. Um, and then I, I, I did start Valkyrie Profile, um, you know, per our last conversation. And I put probably a little over an hour into it. I'm hoping it picks up. um are you regretting it um is it that slow so far uh yeah but i'm I'm, i haven't got that far in right it's still very it's one of those games right where it's like oh we're gonna just tread you through a bunch of story and stuff for a long time (laughs) until we let you do something can we confirm the genre yet the only game play i've done yet was like one demo battle where it was kind of weird you're just like there was like a two characters and an enemy but i was just like mashing some buttons okay and you could like kind of combo attacks but it wasn't i don't know how to describe it even so it was kind of weird battle system it was real time it was not turn-based um i don't know uh, i'll let you know once I've, I've done more but that's where i'm at now it wasn't winning me
0: over uh it was yeah oh, no. my... is the story story skippable no <laughs> would you skip it i don't think i
2: probably because would, it wouldn't make any sense um right. well, i mean don't get me wrong I'm, now here
0: i'm not a story skipper even if i don't like the story yeah like, I'll, you know i'll i'll, I'll still kind of go through it my kids like done like I'm like dude you don't even know what's going on they're like oh it's okay you could skip it it's okay you know
2: <laughs> yeah i wouldn't want to and i will say for a playstation 1 game the the intro stuff is it's beautiful right it's okay. really well done um, mm. as a later playstation game you know they got really very cinematic and it's got a lot of hand drawn art and i mean there's a lot going on but then i'm like okay now i'm like my guy's walking around a town and and i'm just like oh man i was really hoping this was kind of actiony so mm. anyway we'll find out and uh you know i'll update as things go on um beyond that uh you know watched a few things i watched thor love and thunder mm-hmm. um so i think i'm the last of us to have watched that one um is that right
0: i i watched it since the last recording oh, as well oh okay yeah, so yeah you, you and you and me Okay, well, if we want to talk about the movie, we can't. Probably we ought save it for the end. That
2: way, if nobody wants to be spoiled or anything. Um, I'm cool with that. My Just my quick take was, <clears throat> it was an okay popcorn flick. Probably nothing I'll ever go back and watch again. Um, yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, that was a, a movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with those kind of things, right? At least it wasn't a bad movie. I didn't walk away and be like, man, I regret watching that. Yeah. I was like, okay, I think I was entertained for two hours, um, and if that's all you're looking for, yeah, and you kind of want to see where the Thor story goes, that's what, you'll get that, and you'll you'll enjoy your two hours out of it. Um, I don't think it's going to challenge any of the, the best movies in those series, but yeah. Um, yeah. it's okay. It's alright movie. Um, and then I watched uh, Frank Miller's Sin City, Sweet. which I had never watched. What? Um, really?
0: I didn't know you'd never what, seen that movie. I've never Brought seen that, that no. To your backlog.
2: Um, and I don't know who Frank Miller is. I'm assuming he oh. does illustrations or comic books yeah, or something. Yeah,
1: so he wrote Sin City and drew it. And Batman... Dark Knight Returns that we're reading right now for the Bat Chat is one of his most famous books.
2: Okay, all
1: right. Um, so he's got a pretty famous Daredevil run as well. He's been around since the 80s uh, and pretty well respected. Okay.
2: I kind of didn't know what to expect from the movie. because he's, he's, like like... he's
1: a real cranky old man now. Uh, I don't know.
2: I mean, it was just uh, at Bruce Willis
0: and I'm like, oh, I like Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot Rourke of people know yeah, yeah it's good. Elijah yeah,
2: Williams. it was a good cast. Um I don't know what to say about the movie. I don't I don't know how I feel about it to be real honest. I don't I don't know if I yeah. really yeah. liked
1: it or didn't like it. Is it I just still thought as it was very stylish different as I felt it was last time I saw
2: it. It is very stylish. Um I I guess I just I, I'm going to guess if you, like, know his stories, you're probably like, oh, cool. Um, but not knowing anything, I was just
0: like, oh, it's kind of some depressing stories, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for, for for what you've been talking about lately, like, you know, where you don't want everything to be, like, just the heaviest stuff possible. And you just want to go in and have fun with the movies. It's It's really heavy, super stylish. Not, like very few happy endings and a lot of these little anecdotal not anecdotal but like all these kind of little stories that all kind of like you know interweave and like connect together um i remember really enjoying sin city i haven't seen it in many years um i did see the second one as well oh I there's another one liking, uh, yeah i didn't remember liking that one yeah. quite as much as the first one um but yeah it's it's been a long time i wouldn't actually mind uh revisiting that just to see how it holds up
2: yeah, I, I kind of got the feel, you know, it's going for this noir kind yeah, of feel.
0: Sure, um, his, his drawing is a lot like that, too. There's a lot of flipped, you know, like uh, just completely black and white and a lot of flip negative um, uh, type things going on in his, in his style as well.
2: There were some parts that had really bad acting, and I think it was on purpose because the actors are not bad actors. Um, so I think yeah. like this was done for a reason, but I don't know if I understood it um because like the first part the very beginning of the movie you know uh, bruce willis's character he's got this partner with him Mm. and um things don't go well let's just say that much and there's this scene where his partner is i don't know like the lines and things are really not great and (laughs) kind of dumb to be honest
1: I, i think it's supposed to have a element of that like 50s noir like camp to it i I think it must
2: i I think that must be what it's going for because i was like okay (laughs) but most of it wasn't like that that's why i think it was kind of out of place because like not not much of the rest of the movie was like that um so if they were trying to play that up it's just one scene that comes off weird for some reason yeah um and it's very um yeah dark is definitely a, a right word for it I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how to... Like I said, I don't know how to feel about it.
0: So I can tell you that different segments of that movie had different directors, so it could be That makes more sense. ...different areas, different parts of it feel different. I did see like Tarantino's our, name was yeah, in part of it. Tarantino, Rodriguez, I think Frank Miller directed uh, certain segments. I don't have like the complete director list, but I know different segments were directed by different people.
2: I would be curious to know who did what. Maybe I'll go look that up later. Yeah. yeah. Because now that you say that that makes a lot of sense Mm. because a
1: lot of some of the pieces didn't feel quite the same so i also saw the movie before i'd read any of the books i've read some of the books since then and they're like like bill said they're like a bunch of short stories that they kind of made them fit together in the movie like they don't always fit together like that in the books it's just like here's this guy's story in the book and like, they have a start and end. They don't necessarily have much to do with all these other stories. I will say one thing,
2: and, and I hope this doesn't sound weird or anything, but, um, you know, there's some nudity that's in the film. But with the stylization that they did with it, it almost a lot of times comes off kind of artistic mm-hmm. um, and not so, gaudy or raunchy.
0: Or sleazy, yeah. right? It's very... Right. Especially with, like, the mood and the theme, with it being, you know, kind of based around, like, violence and, like, the the depravity of, like, the city and everything. It doesn't... I, I, I get exactly what you mean.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it didn't stand... It, yeah, it just... That part, I was like, I like the way they handled that. Because sometimes movies have nudity for nudity's sake.
3: Right. I,
2: I don't feel like that was the case. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I think they just handled it well. I'm wondering now because I, I there was one segment out of that that I liked more than the others. I'll be curious to see who directed that segment. So
0: yeah, no, I actually I, I I haven't seen it in a long time, so I wouldn't mind going back and checking it out and put it on my list here.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was this one kind of neat, interesting segment. Uh, I don't know if I want to spoil anything, but it's the uh, the boyfriend right that gets. Um, Run off, and then bad things happen, and they've got to do something about it. And I don't know if you guys don't remember that part, but it was that was an interesting bit of story to it. Anyway, um, other than that, uh, you know, I I don't know if I mentioned it last time. I did, did like a case swap. I had bought that old one computer for like ten bucks, and I like the case in it. It's a lot easier to work in, and everything. It's more roomy, so. I took the Pentium 3 setup and I transferred it over there, and then I took the guts out of the other one, I put it in this one just to make sure it works. I'll probably look at selling that off. Um, I just want to be able to verify and show that it works okay. So if any listeners or anybody's interested in a AMD Athlon 2800-plus motherboard and CPU setup like 3 gigs of RAM, probably would make a pretty good um, kind of... Windows XP kind of machine, if I had to guess. But, um, yeah, I I don't really have any interest in gaming or anything
0: with it. But it seemed like it would be set up pretty well for that. Um, And that's probably about it for me. What about you, Bill? Very cool. Yeah, so for me, um, not uh, I know kind of a broken record these last few months, but not a ton of gaming. Um, Again, no Destiny. I think I fired it up briefly. My uh, uh, in-laws were visiting. Um, they showed up on a Wednesday. They f- drove up to Buffalo to meet, uh, to have a get-together with my wife's uh, uh, family. Her grandfather is still with us, uh, and uh, his, his wife passed last year, so they, every chance they get to go up and visit uh, the grandfather, they go take it. So she took my youngest, and she drove up with my, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, my father-in-law has been playing nothing but Destiny, so uh, that first night he was here, he kind of fired it up and had some questions for me, things he couldn't figure out, some quests that he wanted me to do for him since he uh, uh, wasn't uh, able to kind of power through him himself, so we did a bunch of uh, stuff for him there. I did, um, the. Um, I, I uh, he had a checkpoint, he had made it all the way to Aramis, which is the final boss of the Beyond Light campaign, so killed Aramis. And what led us to that is he couldn't equip a stasis subclass and i was like how come you can't equip stasis like you you own it right he's like yeah i own everything and then i like followed the stasis uh, quest and it brought me to aramis oh you haven't finished the campaign yet so we finished uh, aramis and then he got his stasis subclasses i unlocked all of his you know uh uh, aspects and fragments and grenades like all the things that you can kind of create your builds with once you beat the campaign and then we got him the Parasite Exotic Grenade Launcher and kind of got him on a track to, you know, have some other stuff to go do. Crafted some weapons, kind of went through some of the the mechanics there. So besides kind of helping him out with that, which was great because I've, I've told the story before about how I never really understood the gameplay loop in Fallout 3. I bought the game. I played it for a little bit. I, was like, I wasn't really clicking. And then he visited and like sat me down for a few hours. And every question I had, he just, you know, kind of walked me through it. And at that point, like once I got it, I put like 80 hours in the Fallout 3 and then I went back and I played Oblivion. And then I was excited for Skyrim and like it really got me on that um, Bethesda, you know, uh, style of play. So um, it's very nice to be able to kind of give that back to them a a little bit. Um, So while my wife was traveling, um, I was with, uh, you know, my my older two boys and kind of watched them play. Like I played a little bit with them. Um. But mainly just kind of you know was, was hanging out with them, and I could have played Destiny you know while they while they're in bed. But like I I don't feel because I'm like downstairs and like I got the headset on and like you know I don't like being away from the kids like kind of contained with the you know the the comms of a raid you know for hours without you know kind of being there if the kids uh, need something. So I just ended up kind of uh, not really you know doing any kind of involved gaming while uh while my wife was away uh, traveling um so did play a little bit more final fantasy 6 um i'm endlessly impressed with how quickly kelsey can power through things uh i'm not finished with it but i did uh beat the cultist tower um which uh, we were talking about the last few that times uh, we, were, we were chatting did, how did you yeah. do with
1: it i didn't enjoy that tower
0: first try did it nice um but it was probably because i like and you showed me your levels cuz you're you're going at a quicker pace than i am and you're um you're you're skilled enough to get through with those levels um i i think my party was like level 85 or 90 Oh, yeah yeah so um first try and i my first my first like tr- so i am i am safe scumming so my first try in there um, i realized mm-hmm. that i couldn't attack i could only do magic yeah. so i was like okay hold up a sec so like i escaped the battle and like i you know kind of like left and i was like all right let me get my magic users so i kind of shuffled in my magic users and in the last like 10 15 hours of leveling up i have been switching um the espers to my magic users that give like magic power plus two at level up so i can like really kind of like get their their stats boosted so which is what's great about this is not so much that you do a lot of damage with your magic but what is but like i don't have to use like the the three spells like the fire three um because i can do Nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine damage with a fire too. Yeah, but that's the thing is that's another thing that annoys me about this. So I'm playing the 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 Super Nintendo ROM on a Super Nintendo emulator, and every once in a while I'll look something up like oh like where do I find this item or where do I find this? And the naming of things across all the different versions. <laughs> is unreal like spells are called different things items are called different things enemies are called different things like a tonberry is a pug depending on the version <laughs> you can like
2: there that's funny there I know there is a patch that just all it does is make all the items the standard Final Fantasy lingo
0: man. and like you know so fire one two three I get it fire fire fireaga like I really like that and then like what what game was it where it was like a J um, it was like fireaja <laughs> Um, so, man, uh, it's just, whenever I go to look something up, it's like, oh, this is what it's called. I'm like, okay, like, are you sure? Like, for real this time? And then I'm looking for Berserk to cast a spell. Yeah. And it's not Berserk, it's b Yeah. <laughs> and like, which you would think yeah. would, would, and then, oh, it's, a uh, uh, you got to silence him. Okay, where's silence? Oh, it's mute. And it's all <laughs> over the place, so... Um, that's just a little, little pet peeve about it, but yeah. So anyway, I go to get my magic users and then, um, I, I load them up and then I go in there and then I start casting magic and it's all reflecting back at me and I'm like, all right, abort, abort, abort. (laughs) So I back out again and I was like, okay, if they're going to all have magic on, I put reflect rings on all my bros and I cast something on me and then it went to them and I was like, all right, let's, I was like, let's see how long this works. And spoiler alert, it works for the entire cultist tower until you get... To, and then the dragon was a pushover because yeah. it's only, like, it takes a 10,000 attack, like, once or twice because I have um, Ultima or Ragnarok, like, uh, whatever the spell's called. And so that wasn't a problem. But then the boss is kind of a problem because he keeps putting... a uh, He keeps changing his barrier. And so I'll hit him, and then he does, like, a wall wall change, I think it's called. And then he switches his, like, affinity, like, what he absorbs. So I'm like, oh, like what can I do to get him to stop this? So I tried like stop, and that didn't work. And I tried like silence, if that was a spell, that didn't work. And I was like, how can I get him to stop cast, like stop doing magic? And I was like, ooh, what if I berserk him? I, so I berserked I him. I did that by accident. Me a minute. So that took me a minute to figure. It's so like, where's berserk? Oh, it's berserk. So I berserked him. <sighs> And now he, he just attacks me, which I can absorb and he doesn't change his thing anymore. And I was like, hot dog, like we got this. So when I was going up the tower,
1: I got annoyed with the reflex. I didn't have enough reflect rings. So I went with a party of three physical characters and I just made them berserk each other. And then they just hit everybody. So when I got to the boss, um, I didn't have to worry about the the changing of his barriers but I went to berserk my guy and it accidentally hit over and berserked him like without intentionally doing it. And then, so yeah, he's only doing like 100, 200 kind of hits. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I can just sit here and wait now. So I literally, cause my team is berserked, I kept one, not berserked because if I needed to heal, which I didn't though, cause he wasn't hitting very hard. And I just put the game boy down for 20 minutes and it kind of played the fight itself. <laughs> they just fought each other doing hundred point hits until somebody died.
0: That's terrific. So, so yeah, it was similar to that. And then, um, I, I wasn't sure how to like, cause I had read that, um, like, oh, like if you're going to try the cultist tower, like make sure you have re-raise and I'm like, well, what's re-raise? <laughs> so after doing some search, like, oh, well life three will protect you from a death. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so is life three re-raise? So just in that fight, I cast life three on a few people hoping that if, they were killed at that they would be revived yeah. um so he does do like a final you know like last stand hurrah attack spell before he dies that didn't kill me so i didn't end up needing it so i don't actually know if life 3 revives you but the thing is at the end of that fight at the top of the tower i'm expecting it to be like oh yay victory music and then like get me out of the tower nope. and it doesn't happen so I'm, like, waiting for it, and I'm like, okay, well, no problem. I'll just use that, like, spell that, like, takes you out of, yeah. like, dungeons and nope. stuff. And it's grayed out, and I'm like, I have to walk back down this tower. Yeah. So I walked down the tower. Um, I got all the way down. It was – and it, it wasn't hairy, but, like, I was getting low on MP. So, like, I had some tinctures and the urns um, <laughs> along the way. I don't
1: recognize any of these items you're telling me,
0: though. No, no, no. The urn was is that anim- – there's that one enemy oh, that's, like sorry. pot. Yes. That ref- one enemy that's like the pot, a pot, and they 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 never—I don't know if they can hurt you, but they only ever helped. They would mm. like throw potions and tinctures and crap at you, and I was like, "All right, you do you." And then they run away. So they were—it was called like magic urn or magic pot. Yeah, or something. I remember those. Like two of them. Yep, and just don't attack them. They they give uh, you good stuff, I them. and then they Oops. leave. Okay. <laughs> And it's also cool because you don't do anything and they, they still give you like five magic points too. So i got a little spell progress on a few of my guys. So I ended up, you know, doing that and I got out of the tower. Um, but a funny story, while I was doing the tower, like right before I, you know, as I was doing the tower and then like I finished the tower, I was in line at a convention that popped up uh, in my area that I mentioned to you guys uh, last time. Uh, CT HorrorCon. Um, was in uh, Naugatuck, in this little, you know, Naugatuck event center that I had no idea was 20 minutes from my house. And so I made it there, and it's a good size, um, uh, like the ceilings weren't super tall, you know, like a big expo center, but it was really nice and well spread out. So I, I, I really, really wanted to meet uh, Keith David, who we talked about uh, on the last show. So I went just to go meet Keith David and so i'm as i'm playing final fantasy 6 the cultist tower i'm like standing in line in the keith david line he hadn't shown up yet so everyone's kind of like waiting at his at his booth and i'm like oh like you know oh he's running late oh, okay he's in the building okay we'll see and i was there for probably like 15 20 minutes and i finished the cultist tower like right as he was kind of walking up and i was like awesome so i kind of put my thing away and i'm just kind of like psyching myself up and I get really nervous to meet people and like I don't know what to say, so I'm trying to think like what can I say and like not be like an idiot. So Do you just put on your rowdy rowdy piper glasses and try to fight him. So one, the, a dude like three people in front of me had like the, the they live mask, <laughs> like with him, <laughs> with the glasses and everything. Everyone had you know their their stuff they wanted to sign. Um, I, for a while I was thinking about having him sign my um, uh my uh, Omniblade, um like my cool. kind of like full that's Omniblade. Cool and I was like, uh, I was like, I, I was like, I don't know. It's really more of like a Shepard thing than an Anderson thing, even though he probably had an Omni blade. So I didn't end up bringing that. So I said, I'll just get the, like one of the eight by tens that they, you know, have at their booth. So um, it wasn't too bad. It was like forty bucks for like a, like a selfie with an autograph, which was awesome. So I grabbed one of his eight by tens from the thing. They actually had an eight by ten of him from Nope, uh, which um, was awesome. He's really really good in. It. He's in it briefly, but. The only reason I didn't get it is because it I I would just I'd be uncomfortable putting this image like up on the wall. And I don't want to spoil anything in Nope, but when you see Nope, you'll know what image it is uh, of him. So um so yeah, it's uh I ended up getting uh, him from the thing, and so I'm I'm thinking about kind of like what to say to him. So and I gotta I gotta give them a lot of credit. The way that this booth was run was like the absolute best way I've ever seen like an autographed celebrity booth run. When I met Reginald Bell Johnson a few months back at uh, the 90s thing in Hartford, it was a much, much bigger show. It really wasn't run really well. Like you bought like a ticket for a time slot. They were all late. They like corralled people in a small area. They were late calling people. Once you got in, they were like rushing you through. You didn't really have any time to talk to them. Like it, besides just getting to meet and say hello and getting walking away with your picture, It wasn't a really great experience besides that. So this was awesome. So you're kind of waiting in line. As you're waiting in line, you walk by this table with like all like the eight by tens and the posters and like whatever else you want and the pricing. And then he has his people, his handlers. I don't know if they were friends or family or people with the convention, but you know, you get up to kind of the front of the line and um there's one person who kind of like, you know, they, they stop and they're like, Hey, like, what are you getting today? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get the autograph and the selfie. And then she's like, oh, okay, cool. Like how much, just you? Okay. 40 bucks. And then they say, do you want your name on it? I said, Oh, that'd be nice. And then they ha- they write your name on a post it and they put it on the eight by 10 and they have you spell it and everything. So that way the talent's not asking every person like, Oh, how do you spell your name? So the other really cool thing this does is since they like put it like right in front of them before you get there. So and then they say, oh, and, and if you wouldn't mind, um, they have hand sanitizer on the table. They're like, If you wouldn't mind just using hand sanitizer before you, you know, uh, if you want to shake his hand. So all of this was run incredibly well. So you get up to the table, little hand sanitizer. And as you're doing that, Keith David's like. Bill, <laughs> like, oh, that's so cool! So, so I'm, I'm such a big fan of yours. I said I've I've really been a big fan forever, um, and I just told him the the story about how you know when my sister used to babysit uh, like me and my brother, we would kind of take turns picking movies, and my sister always wanted to watch Dirty Dancing, me and my brother always wanted to watch Men at Work. And he like threw his head back laughing. He was like, "I have not thought about that movie <laughs> in a while." And I was like, "Yeah, I love it. It's great." And then I had my Mass Effect, um, my N Seven uh, uh, sweatshirt on, and I said, "So I said I've recently played through Mass Effect uh, trilogy for the second time. Um, love your performances, Anderson. Um, r- loved it in Armageddon." I said, "You know, it's it's just really been a big fan for a long time." He said, "Oh, like well, I appreciate that very much." So. He, he signs the name have a seat next to him take a picture um and they uh the the person there they took my phone and they just took you know a dozen pictures which is great because when I got home and showed my wife the first one she was like are his eyes closed and I was like yeah but they took like you know like a dozen pictures <laughs> so like we'll find a good one in there but yeah it was just awesome and um there's one other there's actually a few other people there that I wouldn't have minded saying hi to but since the if Uh, Since I wasn't gonna be like buying anything I just would have kind of like popped by and just said hey just want to say I'm a big fan type thing But they had long lines so I couldn't and one I don't know how if I'm saying this right his name is Ari Lehman or Lehman or something like that He's one of the actors who played uh, Jason in uh, Friday the 13th part 6 Jason lives Which is the first Friday the 13th movie I ever saw back in uh, shocktober uh, shocktoberfest when I was a kid and um, uh, Millie Shapiro you might not know her by name, but if anyone out there has seen the film Hereditary, she is the little girl from Hereditary. Um, and if you haven't seen Hereditary, it is excellent. Um, it's the, I forget the director's name because I'm an old man and I forget things, but it's the guy who did *Midsummer*. Um, uh, but yeah, real, real, real good stuff. Um, so Millie Shapiro was there. Um, so uh, would have said hi, but she had a line. And there were some other folks too. There were some actors from Night of the Living Dead. I've never seen Reanimator, but there was a few actors from Reanimator. Um there was I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. There were some people from there's like a a, a show on TV. I forget what network, but it's like the haunting of Hill House or like some sort of haunting show and a bunch of people were there from that. Uh Annabeth Gish, I recognize her name and face from from some things. So um but yeah was was awesome to get to meet keith david i've I've really really been a fan of his for a long time so it was awesome to hear him say my name and have, share a laugh with him and, and grab a picture yeah he's got one of those voices that i can just imagine like give you goosebumps as soon as he said it and i I've, you forget some of the things he's in so like you see the big poster sitting behind oh. him and you forgot like oh yeah he was in platoon or he was in yeah, i did you know, forget the that vo- yeah or, or like he was the voice of spawn in uh i forgot I like about that anime. too and i've seen that yeah and and they had gargoyles back I there. That and I'm like, one. Oh my god! <laughs> I, f- I've j- I just forget like all these things that he's done. And I and he did have eight by tens of the Arbiter from Halo Two, which would have been an awesome one to get too. But like it didn't have his face on it, right. so I was like, no, I gotta get one with like his actual face on it. I would have got one with uh, if they had an, a Mass Effects, like an Anderson uh, print, but they didn't. Uh, and they and he would have signed something. You bring, and I think his pricing sheet was like. Uh, if this is what they were talking about, it was like you know like quotes are ten dollars extra. So like anything you brought for him to sign was like an additional 10 bucks, which really isn't that bad. Um, so yeah, so that was my uh, kind of impromptu uh, quick you know uh, you know hour trip over to uh, to meet Keith David. Um, and while my wife was traveling, um, was uh, I, w- I really wanted to go see uh, just a quick concert cast interlude. Uh, there's a band called Fishbone. Um, that I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Um, I, I saw them perform on Saturday Night Live, ages ago, like in the '90s, and I really, really, really liked them. Um, if anyone's curious, the uh, the song they performed is called "Sunless Saturday." So if you just YouTube Fishbone S N L Sunless Saturday, you'll you'll see that same performance that made me fall in love with the band. They were playing a show near me. Um, I just wasn't able to make it because my my you know wife was out of town and my parents couldn't watch the kids, so. Unfortunately, I had to miss that show, but I did buy tickets to see Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction, taking my dad to that show in October. So I'll be have a report for that. Um, Probably not the next show, but the show after. Um, And uh, I think I mentioned Alien Ant Farm last time uh, we spoke. So that show is in just about a week and a half, two weeks. And just last a couple things on what I watched. Uh, So I also watched Thor Love and Thunder. Um, which we can talk about after uh, the main topic, just so we don't spoil anything. I will give a similar review that it was uh, goofy fun, which you would expect from a Taika Waititi uh, helmed project. Um, Christian Bale was terrific. I have no previous knowledge of the character. You know, I don't. I don't read Marvel comics, so I can't compare him to what you know he's like in the comics. But uh, he was terrific and creepy and. Really quite spooky in the power that he has um, to, you know, kind of shadow hop and uh, had a very Batman Returns vibe with, uh, you know, stealing the children. Um, This did get us started on a little bit of an MCU kick because my my kids have, we've tried to get my kids to watch some MCU stuff and they kind of haven't taken to it. They've seen Iron Man 1 and 2, but that's been it so far. So we watched Thor Love and Thunder, which I actually put on to get them to stop playing video games. So I put, they were like playing Switch in the corner. I'm like, come on guys, watch the movie. They're like, no, we're playing. So I put it on and like within like a minute, they're like kind of mesmerized and they put the games down and they came and sat and we watched the movie. So once that was over, I was like, do you guys want to watch another one? Like, you know, tomorrow or the next day? So I downloaded a list of MCU movies in chronological order. Um, So Thor Love and Thunder is, is last. So the first movie chronologically would be Captain America: The First Avenger Mm -hmm. because it takes place, you know, seventy years, you know, before uh, uh, the events of, you know, Iron Man and the Avengers movies. So we watched Captain America: The First Avenger uh, last night. Yeah, last night, which I hadn't seen in a while. Um, It's great. It's still great. and uh, so next for us is going to be Captain Marvel, yeah. which uh, chronologically would be the next one. Yep. Um, and then I think Iron Man 1 and 2 and Incredible Hulk are the next little batch. Right. And then Avengers 1. Um, because that And uh, no, and, oh, sorry, Thor 1, I think, is before Avengers yeah. as well. So we got a little batch uh, to go there. But yeah, it's really cool seeing the, the chronological order now that they're all out that we can kind of... I wonder
1: how your boys will feel about Thor 1 versus thor love and thunder because very different flavor of thor
0: yeah for sure and and thor one i feel like is the one where like his character like looks feels sounds acts different in thor one and two compared to every other uh, uh film that he's in um so yeah i'll be curious to see what they think as well um the uh uh we've been a little uh Fall a little behind on the uh, the movie of the month club that we've been kind of doing on the Discord over there, but the movies for um, August that we can talk about if you guys have seen them uh, were Prey, and then the extra credit was Lightyear. Um, so so same thing, just to not spoil anything. We can have a, a chat about those after the main topic if you guys have seen those. And um, I actually went ahead and I watched uh, the next film in our uh, uh, which is September. Uh, which is Hard Eight, which has been on my list for a little while. I didn't realize it was available on streaming. It's so, Paul Thomas Anderson's, I believe, first major um, like kind of directorial debut on a uh, on a major release. Great cast: John C. Riley, um, Philip uh, Baker Hall, who is uh, no longer with us, but he's a phenomenal actor. Gwyneth Paltrow, Philip Seymour Hoffman. So yeah, uh, uh, Sam Jackson. Speaking of. Uh, him just popping up in almost everything. So uh, I watched it. So I will have some thoughts on that uh, the next time we talk. Uh, But yeah, that'll do it for movies and music. And the last thing that I've been playing, um, I mentioned that uh, I purchased Elden Ring. Um, So we just want to give a quick update on that. I started it. I've I've been playing it for a while. I'm pretty sure I'm really close to the end. Um, I've been playing it for a long, long time. I'm in an area called Limgrave, <laughs> so I feel like this is really leading right up to to the the climax of the story. Definitely. Um, so, uh, so I'm probably I've probably been putzing around Limgrave. So after like the initial like kind of tutorial where you can jump down in the cave and like kind of figure some stuff out against enemies that aren't able to really you know do any harm to you just to kind of get your bearings and like what the buttons are and stuff. So you get out of the cathedral or the graveyard, like whatever they call it. And then you kind of have your, you know, uh, you, you get a bunch of stuff kind of really quickly. Like you get your spectral steed, you got like your first merchant, you kind of can see the earth tree, which is really awesome. Like just yeah. how it fills the sky box. And I didn't think my kids would care, you know, for Elden ring, but and I'm not saying breath of the wild is the same, you know, game or same type of game, but like, When Cameron kind of popped out and saw me and he was like, oh, dude, look at that tree. Like, you got to go over there. And he's watching me play and he's like, oh, fight that guy. I'm like, no, that guy is going to kill me. Like, he's huge. (laughs) And then he's like, get on your horse. Get on your spectral steed. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really cool kind of having him guide me. And then so for a while I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I'll die. And then I was like, you know what? Dying is just part of a Souls game. So then I just did what he asked me to do, and then I died, and then he laughed, and then I died <laughs> again. And then, so it was fun kind of just like putzing around that area a little bit. And like right out outside where you kind of like meet that first dude at the first like Sight of Grace, there's like, I've written what he's called. He's like a tree sentinel yeah. or like tree, uh, sentinel. Dude yep. tree sentinel. So he's right outside and he's kind of like all armored up and stuff. And I'm like, I tried to remember like back to the tips that Chris was telling me about, you know, like listen to what the game is telling you. Like, you're new. You're fresh. Like, could a skilled player, like, take that guy down? Yeah, probably, but, like, I'm not a skilled player, so I'm going to walk around him. So I went around him. And then I got all the way up to, like, a few sites later, and there's, like, a bunch of, like, you know, um, guards over there. So I kind of take him out one at a time, which which wasn't too bad. There's another site of grace, and then kind of going up, because the, the game kind of wants you to go towards this, like, you know, like castle like up on like a cliff stormville castle yep yep so i'm kind of going up that way and then before i go through this little gate i start walking up and i'm like wait there's like four soldiers there and i go a little bit forward and they start shooting arrows at me and i'm like all right let me back up and figure out what i'm going to do and then i look up like a little bit higher and i was like oh like this is... and the the messages people leave are kind of double-edged sword it's like I I, it's nice to have like, oh, you know, enemy ahead or, you know, hard boss ahead or whatever the words are. But at the same time, I also like being surprised or like, you know, not knowing. So, like, I'm kind of walking the line between I'll read that and like, oh, I'm going to ignore that and just kind of see what happens. I also don't really examine the bloodstains too much. I just when I see a lot of them, I just kind of look around a little bit. Um, But yeah, I'm obviously very, very early, I'm going to be watching a few, uh, like every combat guide that I've gone to look at, it's like, oh, you know, stuff I wish that I knew when I started Elden Ring, and I'm like, all right, let me just get, like, the basics down. They all start, and I can tell automatically, like, already, it's like, they already think I know more than I do. Like, I need, I need, like, even more basic than this, right? So... I will, uh, I'll watch a few, like, little basic things, um, I've, I found a few already that are kind of tips in the right direction, like, not, um, you know, like, panic rolling for no reason, like, you don't want to waste your stamina, you don't always want to roll away because you're not vulnerable at the beginning of the roll, but you are at the end, and enemies can thrust, so, like, I'm just kind of trying to take in as much of the info as I can, and I'm really trying to learn from my deaths, so, um, so, yeah, um, obviously very, very early on, but I did want to mention that uh, I did want to start it just so it wasn't kind of sitting there. Um, But Vanquish is is my next priority to kind of make sure I put aside time for that every couple of nights to make it through. I don't think it's terribly long, but I know that it can be, uh, you know, have some challenge to some of those big, long boss fights, so I want to make sure I focus on it. And to Kelsey's point, with it not being a game that you can, like, take some time off of and then come back and, like, kind of Re-learn have the it. muscle memory yeah. or like know the exact buttons, so I'd kind of like to generally stick with it until I'm, until I'm done with it, just to make sure I'm comfy. It's a good plan. So yeah, so that's kind of uh, where I've been, and uh, excited to keep going on on several fronts there. So this brings us to a topic that we've all been waiting to talk about for a long time. We actually had this on the calendar. Uh, for a show that was going to just be me and Kelsey, because Chris was uh, not available, uh, we ended up having to uh, reschedule Scheduling, that show as yeah. well. So now we're all able to talk about it together, which is nice, and it's uh, it's something we've never talked about, I don't think.
1: I don't think so either. Uh,
0: sports, sports ball, and puck, and birdie. Uh, video game and others as well, fighting and skateboarding Shuttle and, cocks. and any kind of sport. Yeah, <laughs> what is <was> that? Plumbing. <laughs> I just wanted the opportunity to say shuttlecock. There you go. Take every opportunity you can. Make the most of every opportunity. Now we have to so, list uh, this yeah. as explicit again. Dang it, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Badminton is an awesome yeah. sport. <laughs> what was it? Uh, get in the cockpit. You said now. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about some sports games. Um, so we've uh, we've come up with some questions that hopefully can kind of get the uh, the the answers a, a bit varied. And hopefully we go outside the bounds of what you kind of normally think of when you just think sports games. Uh, so we'll just start off nice and easy. Uh, Kelsey, can you tell us what your earliest memory of a sports video game was?
1: So I'm a little fuzzy. So it's, I think it's one of two, though because we didn't really have any sports games at home but when we moved in with my grandparents when I was young we'd go play with our neighbors a lot and they had an NES and an Atari so I have memories of playing skiing on the 2600 and ice hockey on the NES at my neighbor's house I just don't know which one came first but it was probably one of those two
0: awesome Chris do you remember well, in the
2: way
3: back times.
2: <laughs> um, I, I can't remember which one it was. It was probably about both about the same time. Um, but my aunt, you know, it was back, everybody, I don't say everybody, but the Atari 2600 was very plentiful, right? Lots of people had Ataris back in the day. And I didn't have any sports games, but i go over to my aunt's house and of course she had, they had a bunch of different games over there mm. with my cousins. And they had football and golf. And so I remember trying to play football and trying to understand what the heck that mess was, because it didn't make a lot of sense, and there's only a few players, and you couldn't do a whole lot. And then golf was weird, because like, you held the button down and the guy's like, golf club, like, swimming around in an arc, <laughs> and then you boop, and hit the ball to try to get it to go. And it was pretty terrible, to be honest with you. It was really bad. But you, you would just play. Because I didn't understand the, the concept of scoring in golf as a kid. So I just kept hitting, hitting the thing around and eventually getting it. I didn't care about scores or anything. At 100, so, yes. Yeah, I mean, you're just like, well, whatever. You know, it's like, oh, it's kind of like a different kind of pong or something. So, um, yeah, I would have to, again, it would have to be Atari football
0: or Atari golf. One of those two. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned football being a uh, uh, you know, a confusing experience. I don't remember if it was NES, uh, if it was play action football or ten yard fight. Ten yard but fight. I remember just booting it up and just being like no idea what's happening. Like the whole team's like moving at once, like picking plays, like as opposed to Tecmo Bowl, which was always very intuitive to me. Like I knew what it was asking me to do, how to do it. But, yeah, that's that's interesting that uh, you had a similar experience with a football uh, video game. Yeah, the only
2: thing I can tell you is now in the present, don't ever turn on Atari football. Uh, <laughs> maybe you would want to goof off with Golferman. I can't think of any reason yeah. on creation you'd want to play Atari football
0: i'll fire it up on the steam deck just because you know i have it <laughs> it's set up and uh, it's a
2: it's a blinky mess i'll tell you that much it have fun
1: <laughs> wasn't that yeah. like a huge selling point for the Intellivision? It was like look at our football look at atari's football <laughs> i think it was i've never played football on the on the Intellivision, but it probably had to be better than that i think that was a big marketing point they were like we have enough players you know you can choose plays like you can actually play football on this version my my grandparents had
2: the television. Um, I never did till much much later, and I think it was even maybe theirs that I got given. But um, they had some sports games, but never football. I mean, they had like bowling and stuff because they're my grandparents. Oh, he was Every, a bowler. He wanted everything to play bowling. on the
1: television too was licensed, like everything. Even oh yeah, the backgammon game was licensed by like the backgammon like collective. <laughs> it <was weird>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of weird, but um, I don't know. I
2: remember playing a lot of bowling on television, but that's not that's not the answer to the question. So,
0: <laughs> so for me, earliest memory, um, I so before we had Nintendo, we would go to like our cousins' houses. Usually, this is mostly like Thanksgiving, Christmas, like maybe some birthdays. So there's probably a few holidays that we got to play Nintendo before we owned one. So a lot of my memories were just watching all the older kids play something. And then after we watched them for a bit, we would act like, Hey, like can, can we play like when you're done type thing? I remember being in a room of like, you know, a dozen of my older cousins and like a bunch of them are all playing, uh, just NES baseball, like a uh, black box baseball. And, um, people like cheering on, like, you know, like get to the base and like throw them out. Like it was like a, it was like a big deal. um, Oops, sorry. I got like a little message on my camera here. So, um, the other one that I saw that we watched them play was uh Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Um, was one that uh uh is instantly just so much character, so much personality. Like, it, it seems impossible because the, the fighters just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And and, and like, I remember my dad coming in the room, and he's like, This guy's a monster. Like, I can I'm like, Yeah, it's it's I'm, I'm the underdog, right? <laughs> um, so, but yeah, we, we would watch my cousins play. So base I've f- like vivid memories of baseball and punch out probably like a little bit of like blades of steel, tech mobile, like some other things. But, um, those are kind of like the big ones that, uh, kind of stick out as my, uh, kind of earliest memories. Um, so talking about, um, uh, sports games, uh, do you guys have a favorite genre of sports game? Um, and why is it your favorite? Um, we will once again, go back to Kelsey.
1: Um, probably golf for me
0: because I didn't play
1: the Atari one, thankfully. Um, <laughs> I, I so didn't ruin it. Didn't really Yeah. <laughs> I've, I'd never even, like in, in and out of games, team sports has never been a big thing. I like sports that are more about one person just doing better than they did the last time, like track and field and, uh, like just, just solo things. And so golf, I always could play at my own pace and just try and do better than I did last time. I don't have to worry about what four other players are doing at the same time. I can just mm. play it how I want to play it. And when I was a kid, you know, that was a lot of goofing around, like Bill, like Chris was talking about. Uh, but as I got older, I learned the rules, learned how to play. I, I even worked on a golf course one summer, um, so I, I just found that more interesting. And then a couple of years ago, RF Generation did a little golf competition uh between three different games and i actually won it so i have this really awesome golf trophy that uh rich from rf generation made for me uh to celebrate the victory it's it's one of the coolest
0: trophies i own that's awesome it's it's really cool to hear you just talk about you know the competition being you know just you and yourself and better than you did the last time because it reminds me of just how you play games where let me do this level and then let me see if I can do better than I did last time. Totally. And then, yeah. That's awesome. So Chris, what's your absolute favorite genre of sports game? Um, I'm not going to include fighting games because I'm not going to say that's a sport
2: unless you're saying like boxing or something. Um, right, right. Ready to roll. Uh,
0: Is there a street fighting league there is a street fighter league <laughs> no no no. i mean like actual street fighting <laughs> oh oh god i don't know <laughs> that's, that's uh they made a movie about that with brad
2: pitt in it but uh, uh, right. <laughs> i i guess if i had to pick one um i would probably have to go with those like Olympic games kind of things where they just have a bunch of different sports. Like, here's the javelin, here's the discus, here's the... You know, like, basically, like, track and field. But they make these all the time. Like, you know, Mario and Sonic go to the Olympics or whatever, right? I've been playing those with
1: my daughter in the last month. Like, she loves those games.
2: Yeah, or, like, Wii Sports Resort. Right? Like, my kids love to play, like, Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort and stuff like that. Because they're simple they're fun they don't they're not too terribly challenging so like these little game collections where you get to try a bunch of different things and you don't have to be a genius or a master at any of it and you can just kind of have some fun for a little while and and that's it and you're done so i like the ones that are kind of just a smattering of of everything um and you get to just try your hand and they don't make them too complicated so they're easy to pick up and play. It's not like a lot of sports games where like you have to sink a lot of time
1: <laughs> to in get In the old really NES or, ones though, there's always one sport that's overly complicated and you can't figure out how to do it. Like in California games or like World games. Like one yeah, sport I don't, like,
2: sport that's I don't like, like the games Well, like the epics games oh, the ones. But I would say like, you know, like track and field, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's still some of those that are like a pain. Like uh, you know like high jump Uh, (laughs) yeah or like the
1: the triple jump
2: you know some of those are pretty doggone hard to get good at but there's so many other ones are easy i won't say easy but i mean like fun easy to understand at least yeah like there's running and like the javelin throw is pretty straightforward right and like the the trick the trap shooting or whatever i mean you know, like a lot of them are just fun and
0: and not terribly complicated
2: and you end up having a good time even if you don't win right you're just having fun
0: Yeah, that's a really good call, because when you first started talking, I was thinking exactly of, like, track and field, track and field 2, and I was going to say, even when I worked at Babbage's, um, when they would come out with, like, whatever, like, you know, like, Sydney Games or, like, Nagano Olympics or whatever, I, like, people would kind of, like, poo-poo on these games, and I'm like, no, like, I want to try this, like, let's throw this in. Yeah, they were, like, diving or something, right? And you're just like, they're all simple little mini-games. And then, but I never even thought of like uh, like Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Never played it. Like that could be like super fun. You could
1: have a really good afternoon with your kids with those games. There, yeah, the yeah.
2: they're pretty simple, yeah. and anybody can pick them up pretty quick. And you don't yeah. care if you're fantastic at it.
0: So, yep. And I'm telling you, like it's and people people may forget, or people who like didn't live through like the Wii launch, like. We sports like I didn't I was kind of out of it by we sports resort, but like we sports like the bolt like it was our bowling machine for a long time. Like bowling was so good. And baseball, we never really did the boxing too much because it was just like too much, you know, you know, just like it was just rock sock'em and them and like, like whatever. <laughs> but the baseball, the bowling, like constantly, it was so much fun. That's a good call. So uh, for me, um, to um, exactly no one's surprise who has ever listened to me talk about anything, um, it's hockey. uh, Hockey games. Um, uh, And this comes from... I I remember my friend Mark uh, uh, had me over his house, and he was super excited to play NHL 94 because they added the one-timer. And I didn't know what a one-timer was because I didn't know anything about hockey so he showed me the one-timer by scoring on me and i was like this isn't fun <laughs> and then he like showed me how to do it he's like so you pass the puck and then like hit shoot so i passed it and then i shot and it, was like, it didn't score and he's like okay now pass it but hit the shoot button before the puck gets to the other player and then they'll shoot it right when they get it that's the one timer and it changed uh like hockey video games forever that's why that's why nhl 94 is such a big deal because it added the one-timer I personally think NHL 95 is a better game. It's just a more refined NHL 94. And then after that, like 96, 97, 98, they're all great, but like they're much closer. They're much more iterative, just like very, very, very close. Like that's when kind of the idea of like, ah, it's just like a roster update or like some new logos or new players. Um, I, I really feel like 94 and 95 were like where it really made the biggest jump. So um yeah and then I still I still collect uh, complete hockey games I still look forward to when the uh, current uh, when the new you know NHL game comes out got a couple of uh, interesting choices for the cover athletes this year uh so uh for the first time two cover athletes and we got a man and a woman on uh, the cover mm-hmm. and uh, we were joking in our a little RF Gen uh, uh chat um over on uh, Slack that uh I think it was, is was it Rich or was it Chris that said they look like Cole's models? Like, is that the new, the cover? Oh, of it Kohl's must have been him because uh, I was like, catalog. are these the developer's kids or something? Yeah, yeah. And I think he shared an image of like uh, the new Cole's like fall catalog <laughs> with like these two, <laughs> these two on the cover. So yeah, it's, it's a rookie from Anaheim and it's uh, a woman from the, from the U.S. Um, or Canadian national team. I can't Can remember. Can women play in the NHL? Not in the NHL. So a woman has played in an NHL exhibition game, um, and that that was a big deal. as Manon Rayom played in goal for Tampa Bay in the early '90s um, in a preseason game? Um, so I, to be honest, I don't know what the rules are. Um, like you know, if a woman could play in an NHL game, um, but yes, it's it's only ever happened. Is in an like exhibition a, game. the
1: rules don't say a dog can't play, so anyway. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I didn't know if there was, like, kind of like WNBA, if there was a WNHL
0: or something. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I mean... There Olympics is, but sure. it's Western um, Hockey
1: League, and it's all men
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Western Ontario. Um, there, there's the Shamrocks and the Shamrockettes. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, I mean, hockey games, obviously, are, are, are my thing, and I, I still look forward to them whenever I can find the new one. Um, so next, um, we've got... Uh, um, I was wondering if you think there's a sport that translates very well to video game form,, uh, meaning that these games are enjoyable as games, even if you aren't particularly interested in the sport that they, uh, you know that it's normally out there. Um, so we'll go to Kelsey again. So
1: you already brought it up, so I'm gonna say we bowling because, mm. like you said, Everyone knows how to throw a bowling ball, and it was really easy to teach even people that have never played games how to play Wii Bowling and have a good time with it. Uh, we have It's never left our house. Like We've had a year or two where maybe it's sat in the basement and collected dust, but it's always come back. We've got our Wii hooked up to our TV upstairs right now because my daughter's been super into Wii again, so we've been playing some Wii Bowling. Uh, she likes the baseball. She tries the golf, not her favorite thing. Uh, you mentioned the bowling, the boxing not being a good one, but we, we put that in when we want her to tire herself out. She you know, punches the air wheezing. for 10 minutes straight and then needs to go to bed. Yep, just wheezing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that bowling is something else. And we mm. were able to teach grandparents and six-year-olds and people who have never touched a video game in their whole life and had a great afternoon with them. So I felt like that one really, you know, Motion controls get a lot of flack and they deserve all of the flack that they get, but like, there are some good uses for them. And and that's definitely one.
0: Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. The, the Wii bowling, like if that disc was Wii bowling and nothing else, I still would have played it like almost as much as we, as we have. So, and, and just like you said, like just hold the trigger and you're holding onto the ball let go of the trigger when you want to let go of the ball. And just showing someone that, like, just spinning your wrist the tiniest bit affects the ball. Like, you really had to focus on it being straight or curving. I love
1: or, the first time someone throws it and they're like, it spun to the left into the gutter, like it does in real life. I'm like, well, turn your hand a little bit, like in real life, and you'll throw it a little straighter. Yeah.
0: It's a- amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, so cool. That's another very good call. So, Chris. What are you What are you holding on to over there? What translates especially well to game form?
3: Um, For
2: this one, I would I think I'd go with American football because American football is very regimented and militaristic. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it's very like you're gonna pick your play, and Mm -hmm. basically that's like your battlefield formations, right? And like Mm -hmm. your defense is gonna pick it, so that's like that's that whole piece. And then, like, everybody is going to go do their thing that they have to do, and you can decide to be your one guy, right? That you can decide to control and do whatever you're going to do, uh, while everybody else still does whatever you selected for them to do. So, I. The how that sequence of things goes, I think, translates very well to a game, and you kind of as the player always get to be the star, right? Because you 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 get to be like the quarterback that's, you know, picking up the ball and you're either gonna throw it or hand it off or something, and then you get to take control of the person with the ball. So you yeah. <laughs> you alright, you always get to be the star or or you get to try to foil the plans. But yeah, I think that's uh due to kind of that military nature of of American football, I think it translates pretty well. And it's very like set right like you have just these little okay i'm gonna pick this one play and then we're gonna run that one play and then the game stops and okay (laughs) pick your next thing and then you're gonna do that one thing and then okay it stops again um it's not very
0: fluid it's like nfl tactics ogre Uh, right i mean to a degree
2: yeah it is
0: that tactics are a big thing yeah i didn't think of it that way but yeah you're you're making your plan And then you're executing based and then do it again. It's basically Dragon Force. You like set out the battle plan (laughs) and then you just watch it play out and then you'd
1: set up the battle plan.
2: I mean, kind of. Um, Mm. It's about territorial gains and attacking and defending. And yeah, no, I think that's completely why it's such a big deal. Um, America is a militaristic country and I think it's a sport that fits the people very well.
0: Awesome. So uh, for this, you guys uh, have already mentioned, um, but uh, I am outside of games. You'll never catch me watching a golf match uh, (laughs) on television, but I love video game golf, Um, just outlaw golf. I've talked about before. Love Hot Shots um, or Everybody's Golf or Everyone's Golf, whatever it's called uh, outside of, uh, of the U.S. And um, my sister was a big, big fan of Hot Shots 3. We actually got her a PlayStation, like a mini PS2 and Hot Shots for Christmas one year just so she could have, like, a TV with Hot Shots on it. Um, there's just something about it. Like, even, like, NES uh, Golf, which isn't, like, the best golf game ever, but just, like, I, I hear the sounds in my head still, like those little like that game, and like you know
1: is actually the like origin of that that meter. That's like yeah. no one's really changed it since then. Like that's still yeah. the
0: best way to golf. So I'm saying yeah. like golf like, games are pretty much always just like the power meter and then the side yep. meter, and that's yeah. pretty much it, and, right? And and so many golf games are just like press the button, like press it again, like maybe press it a third time, like you know do some spin, set it up. So outlaw golf was. Similar in that you are, uh, you are you know kind of setting like you know the spin or like the attack spot on the ball, and you're getting like a little preview arc. But it was, it's uh, it's it's a weird parallel to pull to Wii Bowling. But the way you would swing the club is you would bring the right stick back, and then you would push the right stick forward, and just the same way that like people would do the Wii Bowling with the hand and be like it didn't go straight and he's was like well you didn't you, you twisted your wrist like you got to make sure it's straight i would hit the club you know like hit it in outlaw golf and i'm like the ball didn't go straight like it went left but then i'd like look down <laughs> and i'm like oh it was like actually i actually went just like a hair you know like left so it was actually super sensitive so i you had to really focus on going actually like straight forward and once you got good at it, like, so I couldn't do it with just my thumb. You know, I wouldn't just pull it back and go like that. I would take my <laughs> hand off the stick with two fingers straight back and then straight forward with two fingers. And that is how I played Outlaw Golf. And I absolutely loved it. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, golf, I, I, I do want to throw out a few honorable mentions to um, wrestling and skateboarding because i haven't watched wrestling you know in ages but like a good you know wrestling and whether it's licensed or not pro wrestling uh absolutely love um and then also you know some of the the mid 90s uh wwf stuff on on super nintendo um and then tony hawk like i know some skateboarders you know outside of uh you know like the video game world but like you know haven't followed x games or watched like an actual person like skateboarding in in ages but i will fire up tony hawk like anytime so the x games are not honorables. x games are still a thing are they no i mean like like footage of them or like oh. or, or olympics route because it's it's it has skateboarding because i know snowboarding is moved into the olympics i have just, no idea if skateboarding just recently, is part of the summer games yeah
1: very like in the last one or two cycles i'm pretty sure they've added it
0: yeah, it's fairly fairly recent. So yeah, um, so yeah, wherever professional skateboarding is happening, I am unaware. <laughs> I was just curious because I hadn't thought about the X Games in forever. I was like, wow, is that still yeah, a that, thing? That might have been a '90s thing. Yeah, that uh, didn't make to past, uh, past the aughts. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So, um, let's go to uh, where are we? So. Yeah, underrated sports game subgenre. So I don't know if we'll get some overlap here because we're starting to kind of get into... We're running out of sports already. Exactly. Got to dig into the weird (laughs) ones, the lacrosse, rugby. Are there lacrosse? You know, I've always... I don't know if lacrosse is popular outside. Like, it's popular in the Northeast. I'm not a fan of it. But there's so much lacrosse that I wonder, like, you know, is it popular other places in the country? So... I haven't seen EA Sports Lacrosse. 23 I, like there's yet. games
1: that come out in PAL region for lacrosse, but like even in Canada where we play it more frequently than you guys, I've never seen a mm. lacrosse
0: game on a shelf. Interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it was big up there. So that's that's interesting. It's so, it's technically
1: uh, our national sport, even though we tell people it's hockey because that gets way more views and money. But our national sport is yeah. actually lacrosse.
0: I had no idea. That's inside. I I think any. Person in the world would fail that trivia question if you asked them, like, "What is Kansas?" It's the Hercules
1: in New York of sports trivia.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they they dubbed it with uh, (laughs) with with, hockey, uh, lacrosse, with NHL over top. It's a very,
2: it's a very kind of a very highbrow sport, right? That'd be like saying uh, Uh, rowing is our no. It's violent
1: and only big, angry like people that are willing to get hurt and come out with cuts play those games. They are not considered highbrow
0: okay so so kel why don't we start with you on underrated sports game subgenre that you enjoy
1: i put down chris's favorite genre sports compilations i think those don't get a lot of uh, love and they are so much fun for a lot of reasons we already talked about like they're just big stupid mini games for the most part uh but there's there's just a lot of variety so you can find the the half of the games that you really love just ignore the other ones uh, and then your friend can beat you those ones because they like those ones so that they can be fun competitively or by yourself too but even as a kid like we we had world games at my grandma's house which i loved played a lot of uh I had a friend who had snoopy silly sports spectacular loved that one too really weird wacky events I used to always rent caveman games because there were dinosaurs and, and silly jokes in it uh california games played a lot of my daughter loves the Mario and Sonic games, so we've been playing those, and they they have both real-world games and really wacky ones, so we, we bounce back and forth between the two depending on what, like, she likes the figure skating and gymnastics stuff, the swimming she really likes, and then all of a sudden we're like, there's four of us, like, pulling a horse cart with a giant Yoshi egg in it while boulders are flying at us. <laughs> yeah, they're just fun. There's a lot of variety, I think, is why, why, they're, why they're so good
0: yeah for sure that's that's a really great pick uh so good in fact that it's also mine nice (laughs) which i kind of foreshadowed earlier with you know like track and field and track and field two. winter games um which i know is not everyone's i played that today we 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 had just just an opening up with like the like the national anthems and like depending on who wins like what anthem plays and the the figure skating it's funny you mentioned that uh, your daughter likes that i really love that figure skate because like the skater's just moving kind of side to side and you're like all right here we go like let's go up and like you either come down and like land you know your your trick or you just fall on your butt and like you're just figure skater on your butt on the ice um but yeah all those uh, and like i said before working at babbage's when Sydney games would come out or when the Nagano Olympics would come out like I'm like all about those sports compilations and I hadn't really thought about like we sports in that same vein I was thinking more of like mm-hmm. Olympic you know like type compilations but if you're gonna if you're gonna you know bring those into it Wii sports being so good um, I'd probably draw the line at like something that's just like a collection of mini games like a fusion frenzy even though it's got kind of this a similar yeah, vibe too. where it's like where it's like a bunch of you know games with variety the same way like a Mario Party would be it doesn't kind of like fit that mold of like you know sports uh, subgenre so I'd probably you know even though it's got a similar feel um, I'd probably leave that out but yeah I totally totally agree on the uh, on the sports um, kind of mini compilation type games that I'm definitely going to have to check out Mario and Sonic at those Olympics
1: yeah they're really good any of them
0: like you can just pick whatever one's easiest to find and, and they're all pretty solid yeah Awesome. So Chris, what are you, uh, what are you thinking for underrated uh, sports subgenre that you're having a good time with over there?
2: I really wish I could pick dance aerobics, um, but, <laughs> but I working. can't.
0: Because <laughs> the, they're so highly rated. <laughs> it's, a,
2: it's a very unique and underrated uh, game. But uh, <laughs> the one I'd, I think I would have to go with is is boxing. Because boxing is this really weird genre where there's like fun boxing games and there's like technical boxing games Absolutely. and i've enjoyed a lot of the fun boxing games i don't know if i would even call punch out a boxing game. it's really more like a rhythm game but rhythm I'm, i mean when i'm yeah. thinking about like um i think about like ready to rumble right ready to rumble boxing yeah. on dreamcast it was yeah. kind of goofy and it was fun and then um EA's Fight Night I don't know if you guys remember Fight Night it was a thing for just a little while and it tried to be like on it's face a little more serious but really it was kind of fun to play right Mm -hmm. and then like Ring King not (laughs) the best game on like the NES but you just just bash the tar out of people and like when you do one of those uppercuts and the guy just flies off the screen I mean it can get kind of silly But sometimes as long as they don't try to take themselves too technically seriously, boxing can be fun to just bash the tar. Like, I hate, I don't want to play the computer in a boxing game because like it wants to like block and do all the things you're (laughs) supposed to do. I want to play somebody else in a boxing game where you just mash the buttons as
0: much as you can to try to beat the tar out of them. So my buddy Walter, back in the Best Buy days, had fight night, he was a big boxing fan, and he would like beg us to play it with him and we would go over to his house for that reason, because playing the computer is like no fun. When you got another person in playing, and it became like, cause like you would actually, you know, <laughs> like do like the duck back and up, and then like, no, don't do it! And then like you would haymake, and then you would like just knock someone out, and they would like turn, they, like their whole body would turn, and I remember this one time, like they, the, the body like was like against the ropes and they were just like <laughs> all, like shaking like, face on the ropes. Like we were, st- we still laugh about it. Like to this day, what it looked like. And, uh, uh, similar to, um, I had some friends who were super into, uh, UFC, oh, and, like the first yeah. or second year, the UFC games came out, same thing. Like. I don't know how fun that game is playing against the computer, but get a couple of dudes, you know, with a controller in their hands, and now all of a sudden it becomes, like, hilarity uh, ensuing with, like, you know, flying knees. And, like, because it's a lot like Bushido Blade, where you're not playing around for, like, 20 minutes. Like, it's, like, one, two, three, the round is over because someone, you know, like, got, like, a... Uh, like a thunder punch to the skull or something like that. It's right? basically so, like
2: when uh, you get two people that have never played Street Fighter and you let them go at it, right? <laughs> and they're just very mashing everything. Um, uh-huh. That can be, you know... But I get, like, boxing's a sport, and I guess, like, the idea would be that you'd get really good at, like, okay, now you dodged, you gotta block the body, and you're gonna wear him down over here,
0: but nah, I just wanna have fun beating the, the tar out of somebody. The worst, the worst is when the game actually rewards the mashing over the <laughs> technical aspect and then the masher beats the technical guy and they always get so angry and it's like this is what they wanted you know <laughs> yeah, I... and you know it's
2: <sighs> that's why do you watch a rocky movie you watch a Rocky movie because just beat people, beat the tar out of each other. Yeah,
0: there is no do it finesse. For, you, you, you Like do it Rocky's for a bit of story, you do it for the training montage that's going to have like a killer song uh, going. <laughs> yeah, with it. but like, and then you do it for the final fight.
2: Rocky's plan in every fight is. Let the guy beat him to death until they're tired <laughs> and then and then punch them and they go out. I mean, yeah. nobody so, blocks
1: anything. Speaking of Rocky, my first roommate when I moved to where I live now, uh, had Rocky on the GameCube. And oh man, did we play so much of that? And we played a lot of it single player just taking turns because we were trying to unlock everybody. And I remember when he unlocked Mickey. As a playable character, he was <laughs> so excited and like he had terrible stats because he's
2: an old, like, man. old man.
1: But he was determined to beat somebody with him. And then there was like a joke <laughs> character, like like the last one you could unlock in that game was the statue of Rocky. So you'd be a rock <laughs> statue fighting everyone else. And it was like didn't matter if he was blocking because nothing really hurt him, and he would just <laughs> take everyone out in two hits. But it was a it was supposed to be a technical game outside of those two characters, but those were the two characters we spent the most time with. How,
0: how did I not know that you could like unlock all these crazy, funny things from the Rocky franchise yeah, in that game? That's so cool. Was
2: Thunderlips uh, aka Hulk Hogan in
1: that one? Not that I remember.
0: Oh so. a shame. It's pr- yeah, pr- probably hard to get that uh, licensing away from, uh, I would imagine one of the wrestling promotions yeah. had him under contract at the time.
2: But like Clubber Lang and oh, yeah, uh,
0: all
1: the Rocky characters were in there.
0: Tommy the machine gun, was yeah. He, <laughs> Dolph, yeah. Cool, very cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So for for me, so I don't know. Oh no, I went uh, underrated. Yeah, no, I, I stepped you in. Copy right, me. Right, Copy right, my homework. Right, home right in the middle. I sure did. Yeah. Get ready. Get ready for it to happen again. <laughs> So um, I added this one in here uh, as well. Uh, favorite moment playing a sports game with a friend or family member. And when I wrote this question, I was thinking specifically about a memory that I have when my Uncle Tommy, who is not my uncle. He's my godfather, but he's my Uncle Tommy because he's always over. And uh, best friends with my dad growing up. They were He was babysitting uh, us when this when we were kids, like, you know, late 80s. And he brought over Blades of Steel, and he had like shown us Blades of Steel and like taught us how to play. And um, I, we had always, you know, he'd always beat me because he's really good. So I'd been like practicing, and we rented the game and everything. So he came over, and I ended up tying him uh, in regulation. Whoa, and so I did not I know realize what that the game. I didn't realize that the game had shootouts. I learned. When I tied him and then I see this screen that I've never seen before, I'm like, what is this? And it's actually really, really, really fun game mode to do the shootout because you shoot the puck, you know, at the corner of the goal that you, like, want to go towards. And I was just, I was, like, nervous because I was trying to figure out how to do this and I was, like, trying to see if I could win. So I kept shooting to the same side i would shoot left every time like shoot left shoot left shoot left and then on my last shot i shot right and my uncle went to block left and it's like the puck's not even in the net yet but he sees he's gone the wrong way and i've like you know gone the other way and before the puck's in the net he goes Oh, I thought you were going to go left again. So looking back on it, it might have been like, you know, my uncle just, you know, letting me win. <laughs> but, I, but I still remember um, winning that shootout in uh, Blades of Steel and going to bed uh, happy that I had, uh, you know, finally kind of scored my first big win against an opponent that uh, was not, you know, six years old or like however old like my brother and sister were at the time. So that's that's one that I've hung that's on awesome. to. awesome. My uh, neighbor that I played
1: ice hockey and skiing at had blades of steel as well and we used to play it like normal until the third period and then we would purposely tie the game every time so we could do shootouts
0: we started like after that like i like the next day i told my sisters did you know they have shootouts she's like what's that mean and then we would play till the end so same thing we would play like two and a half periods and it's like all right that's that's the end of the game. That's the winner-loser, and then we'd make it so yeah. that we could do the shootout. I never understood why there wasn't a shootout mode where you could just launch shootout. Sure. Um, and because almost every EA hockey game, you know, obviously it was years later, like years after the NES hockey games were out, but there's, you know, regular season, playoffs, shootout, you know, like there's tournament. Like they, they've added all those modes, like right from the beginning. So... Yeah, if, if you've never, if you've played Blades of Steel before, but you've never experienced the shootout, get get to a shootout with a tie game. Or sorry, finish a game with a tie score and just play that shootout. It's really, really cool. Yeah, so so Kel, so, uh, do you have a favorite uh, uh, moment playing a sports game I, with a friend or family I member? I do, and it was at Retro World. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Ooh, was it, uh, it wasn't um, uh, playing Mario Kart, was it? No,
1: I, I wouldn't count that as a sports <laughs> game. Uh, we got four of us playing an NBA Jam machine. That's right. And Adam is a huge NBA Jam fan, and I am a closet, or was a closet NBA Jam fan, until I learned it was <laughs> okay to be out with that. So, yeah, we had four of us playing, and it was a blast just you know, sinking ridiculous dunks from half court mm. and three pointers from across and, and just giggling at every stupid thing the announcer said. Uh That's yeah, just I I'd never had the opportunity with any arcade game really to like play with all people that I know at them before that event. Like mm. it was you'd get lucky with a few cool strangers sometimes, but it was cool mm. to play with four dudes that I knew and with a game that's really fun and it d- didn't matter who won everyone had a good time
0: hmm. that's awesome yeah no I, f- I forgot about that but yeah that was that was super i remember you playing uh Mega Man 3 on the play choice yeah uh, that first they, year i, I was so
1: close at the end of wiley's castle and they made me shut it down because they were cleaning up so, uh i just need like <laughs> five more minutes guys and they're like no no we gotta go
0: yeah no, I remember that, and I remember walking up to you, and I was like, "Oh, like what? Did did, did they not have four on this machine? <laughs> like they had to settle for three? Like yeah." So, but yeah, that was that was really really cool, good memory. All right, Chris, uh, you're not allowed to use Mario Brothers one where you just ran through the <laughs> the because ter- it's not a sports. I game, was ripped I off. Just wanted to bring that up real quick. <laughs> I was robbed. You you um, Who's your favorite sportsman?
1: So. <sighs>
2: When I was a teenager in high school, um, I had the typical teenager job. I worked at a, a burger. I was a, you know, a burger. I worked at a Wendy's, you know. And uh, it, it we're a bunch of teenagers working there and hanging out. And um, we had this one manager, like assistant manager or whatever, that was there. And I can't remember his first name, but his last name was Seeger. But we all called him Sega. <laughs> and um him and some of the other guys we would get to like after work or sometimes and play uh joe montana sports talk football it was like like 92 or whatever it was right and um and that's it that's all we just get together and play this stupid football game afterwards and I'm not a crazy sports person, but I played a lot of games, so I would win quite a bit. <laughs> and, yeah. and they would get, you know, sometimes kind of frustrated about it that uh, I would win so much. But I'm like, I, it's not magic. I'm just, you know, I, I don't really know the sport real well, but I can figure out, you know, the spin. I can just spin <laughs> like crazy or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was just so much fun because it was just stupid guy stuff to hang out. Because, you know, those jobs... You're like a teenager, and on like a weekend or something, you're working to shut the place down, and you don't get off work until like 11 o'clock or midnight or something, and you guys, you're all still kind of wired and everything, so you just go over to somebody's house, you just play some stupid football game, and just everybody just has a good time, passes the controls around, and goofs off, so it was just, it was a fun time, um, you know, I guess probably could have been a lot of different games, but. That was what it was, and we had a really good time with it. And uh, I got really good at at uh, Joe Montana Sports Talk football. <laughs> so there you go.
0: That's a really yeah. It sounds like a really good memory. Yeah. Um, it's it's also funny you mention uh, you know not necessarily being great at the sport or like that you know genre of game, but just being good at games. So like when I would go to pick up my oldest uh, when he did this uh, esports thing um, uh, for for a little while. They, I would get there a little bit early, and they're like, oh, you want to jump in and play a game with us? But yeah, sure. So it would sit down, and they're playing Rocket League. And I would um, not like take the game over, but like I'd score a goal. I'd stop a goal from being scored, score another goal. And when the whole thing's over and our team wins, and they look look over and they're like, like I thought like... Old Man like, McGee? What? <laughs> played... Yeah, like, I thought you said you've never played this before. I'm like, well, yeah, but I've played Burnout, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <And like, laughs> I understand the mechanics of the game, right? So it's, uh, yeah, just just having those skills is uh, they, they transfer. So that's super cool that you're able to. Uh, but yeah, I felt a little like uh, Alex Rogan in uh, Last Starfighter <laughs> <laughs> sitting down there. Right. But yeah, that sounds like an awesome memory, man. So, uh, so next up, uh, I already touched on this a little bit for for me, so I don't probably have to answer this. Um, but is there a specific series? or sports um that you still keep up with uh so for me obviously it's nhl um that's one that i you know maybe not get it launched every year but they tend to have it for around half off black friday so if i'm feeling like you know antsy like i really want to play a newer hockey game i'll grab it for the 30 bucks whatever it is if not i'll wait another six months and get it for 20 or less um but yeah but as far as you guys go um is there any sports game that you kind of is on your radar and you you keep looking for uh, for when it comes out uh, we'll start with kelsey again
1: the closest i've come to doing that is probably mario golf because uh, we mm-hmm. played quite a bit of the 64 one and then i moved on to the gamecube one and played that one like really hardcore like they had an online contest where you punched in a code into the game that you got off the nintendo website and then that gave you very specific conditions you had to play under. And then you got a code at the end of that, that you would log back into the website and enter. And that would put your score in. Um, oh, so like a
0: code you'd enter in the game that would lock your conditions. Yeah. It would be like, you're playing this course, oh. these nine holes, the
1: wind is always at this, this speed and these levels. Gotcha. And so everyone played equally. And then right. you put your best score up on the website. And I got in like the top 20 doing that uh, for quite a while and then
0: do you, do you know out of how many
1: uh thousands it was like man. six to eight thousand somewhere in there if i remember right It's awesome man um yeah and then so i always pop in to just see what the new mario golfs are like because i still really like them um the 3ds one was pretty decent uh i've heard like i've got the wii u1 i just haven't played it i've heard it's pretty sparse so i didn't put much time into it um Mike was kind enough to bring over the new one on the Switch. So we had to play an afternoon of that one day. Um, So I I do check in with that one. I don't, like, buy every new one that comes out as they come out. Thankfully, they're only, like, once a generation, too. So I don't have to, like, buy them annually or anything. But, yeah, I like the Golf. And Mario Golf, in particular, has really solid mechanics. And, the like, how they deal with the spins uh, and the wind and stuff, I find easier to understand than a lot of other golf games I've tried. So I've always kind of been drawn to those ones.
0: Very good. Yeah. No, we, we talked a while ago before it came out, but my kids were super interested in the new one on the switch, just with that video of like, you hit ridiculous. the ball and like, you just, just running yeah. like uh, along the course. So like, they just laughed watching that. So like, it's, it's, it's on our radar, you know, we got uh, like, obviously the holidays coming up and we'll see, uh, you know, where we land on that. But, uh, I, I remember like kind of thinking like, Oh, like, let's kind of see where the reviews are. And they were kind of, we'd expect They're like, that's yeah, a Mario golf game. Like they're always solid and it's fun. And if, you know, get the kids together and they're going to have a good time. So yeah, it's, it's still on the, uh, on the short list. Cool. Very cool. So Chris, is there anything that you keep up with? Um, I don't know if Joe Montana has really been uh, Not real prolific <laughs> put, lately. <laughs> putting putting his name out there too much in the uh, <laughs> licensed football genre. Probably doesn't.
2: not. <laughs> um, probably the, again, Kelsey, probably the closest thing I would say would be um, the racing genre. And it's kind of one of those games where I couldn't play it every year. There's just no way but I get the itch usually about once per console generation to pick up a good racing game and just play it quite a bit until I kind of get my fill of, of racing. And then I'm like, I'm good. Right. So, um, you know, going back, I can remember like on the, on the Saturn, like I played the crap out of Daytona USA, I played that game, like stinking crazy. Um, and then later on, uh, there's the um, the Project Gotham Racing. I remember playing that one. Oh, the OG. The, yeah, like The original solid. Xbox and yeah, playing that really one good. a lot um, and really enjoying it. And then um, when the Xbox One first came out, it was like Forza, I don't know, 6 or whatever it was that came out with that one. There weren't very, very many games at launch, but I remember picking that one up and I really played a lot of that one and I enjoyed it. So, you know, it's probably getting close to around the time in the next few years where if I see a really good one, I'll pick it up and, and play through it. But yeah, every once in a while you just have that itch. Like, man, I just want to drive a car fast and do some racing. And, and then, you know, then at least for me, I'm like, okay, I'm good for a while. I've, I've had my, I've had my piece of that and they don't need to be too terribly complicated. Right. Like, um, I, I only ever tried to play one of the um, uh, what's the Sony ones Grand Turismo Grand Turismo I tried to play like one and I'm like this is just too much crap right I like yeah. like I got licenses and I got to buy all these cars and I got to do these like basically like tests and the, no yeah. I just want to drive a car yeah. fast yeah. No.
0: early on it was very much like a career like yeah. that uh, that simulation mode and they they've simplified it in future releases they do still have the people that like the license test, so they kind of leave them in there. But, yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying as far as just wanting to jump in and drive.
2: Yeah, there needs to be that mode. And uh, at least in my experience, I guess Forza probably is in that genre now. Although, obviously, like they say, like a new Gran Turismo is coming. But again, if it's still too sim heavy, I'm like, Meh, that's not for me. Yeah,
1: You can just watch the new yeah. Gran Turismo movie with David Harbour
0: get your fill that way oh i didn't even know that was a thing really? I, yeah just recently announced yeah. there
2: was one that came out recently that i tried um, before i lost game pass and it was on there and it was kind of meant to be kind of like a daytona usa like a low poly racer
3: i'm trying to
1: remember what
2: the name of it was i can't remember right now did you um, see
1: that racing game that's also a fighting game that someone was building recently no, I have not. <laughs> okay, remind me at the end of the show. I'll try to find it for you. It looks amazing. Okay. That sounds like a different <laughs> thing. But yeah,
2: every once in a while racing is just good fun.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've talked about it before, so I don't have to go too much into it. But being a big, big Burnout fan for a long time, I would just get whatever the new Burnout was. Um, I did play all the Gran Turismos up to five, and that's kind of where they lost me. And since they weren't really making any new Burnout games... The team from Criterion did Need for Speed Hot Pursuit for EA that was a very good, fast racing game, but it didn't feel it didn't feel like burnout. It felt like a Need for Speed game, Um, which nothing wrong with that. It's just different than what I was kind of expecting. So I kind of fell out of racing for a bit. And when I found Forza Horizon 3, I think it was, was the first one I kind of really got into that's when i realized like oh man this is the perfect blend of like the burnout style like just fast fast racing and like also like licensed cars simulation earning progress you know like kind of moving through i got rally stuff on dirt i got you know street racing i got you know formula cars if i really want to like you know get crazy with like the 200 you know 50 plus you know speed and just like you like i can't play it all the time like every you know like release So the fact that the Horizon games are every couple of years or like sometimes a little bit more than that, it's like new Horizon game comes out. I pretty much play it to death, kind of like unlock the whole map, ride all the roads, like do all the events. And I've earned all the stuff and all the kind of crazy cars I want to get. It's like, all right, I'm done. And I had a blast while I play, you know, through that Horizon game. So that's that's very cool to hear that uh, you still get uh, the racing itch once in a while. So, awesome, awesome stuff. So, um, so that's um, uh, racing games with friends or family members. So, uh, this is just a, a, probably a quick one. So, how do you feel? Um, do you have a preference on solo or multiplayer sports games? Being that, you know, there are some individual sports games like we talked about with golf before. But many sports games are team-based. So, uh, where do you guys land on the uh, solo versus team? We'll go back to Kel.
1: Oh, solo, all the way, yeah, and even when I play I had, the I sports feeling. ones, it they might as well I might as well not have a team. Like I'm gonna pick Bo Jackson and I'm gonna run <laughs> the whole length of the field on my own. I don't need those <laughs> other guys.
0: What if it's a tag team wrestling match?
1: Yeah, the other like I don't need that second guy. He'll just he'll just <laughs> cheer me on from the sidelines. <laughs> <belts. laughs>
0: I had a feeling you were going to be a loner. <laughs>
1: Not that I don't have good memories of like multiplayer sports, but yeah, just I prefer solo when I have the choice. I'm a loner, cool. Donnie, a rebel.
0: A rebel, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you knew I was thinking it. <laughs> so, uh, so Chris, solo
2: or it's got to be multiplayer. That's the whole point mm. of sports games: is the the rivalry with the other people, like. Probably one of my best memories ever is there used to be, um, there was this place in Indianapolis, um, that was there for a few years and it was done by Blockbuster, the company, but they called it Blockbuster Block Party. And it was basically like a Dave and Buster's, um, kind of thing, but it was just for adults, right? There was no kids were allowed in it and even had like an adult, like ball pit and stuff. I mean, it was kind of crazy. And we would go there. But they had one of those um, Daytona USA where, the, like, the eight cabs yes. with the motion yeah. and everything yeah. all linked together on in a row. And we would yeah. all just, like, hop in, and all friends, and just we would wait until we could just all, you know, hit the thing at once, hop in and race I mean, against each yeah. other. And inevitably, we just one of us would always spin around the other way and go backwards to try to be like a Absolutely. road hazard and ram into everybody else. Because as long as somebody else is sitting their checkpoints, it doesn't care. Like because yeah. you're all playing together and you're it's like synchronized. And we had man, we had so much fun. And like I said, like the the football thing, I don't care about football, but it was just fun with friends just to hang out and goof off. And um, yeah, that's the whole. I don't care to play any of those games unless I'm playing with other people. No thanks.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, even even like racing, right? Like, I guess some of them, but like these days, like when you play a Forza or something, you just, you're like, either there's like robot cars or like a lot of times they're, they're like, you can see, well, that's what it was like, uh, maybe it was like it's right. Forza 4W, right? Drivatars, right? You can see like, Drive-a-tars. you can see there like you your go. friends that have played the game, like how they were going and they, you could yep. race against them
0: even if they weren't online, um, yep, Drive Avatar, um, directed by James Cameron, uh, <laughs> coming this December. But yeah, it's uh, and it's crazy because like it's not a feature you have to turn on or off. Yeah, like they just know that when Bill ro- drove this road, it took him 38 seconds, like from here to here. So you would just like get on a new road, and you would just see this phantom Bill car, yeah. like in front of you, and you're like. I want to be faster than Bill and like, you know, just push you a little bit. <laughs> and right? so, and if yeah. your friend is a crazy driver and stuff, you'll get, you, you know, yeah, him. you'll it'll be you'll get all
2: the crazy and everything. So, yeah, no, it's just yeah. a lot of fun. It gives you something to talk about and something to do. And yeah, like like back in the arcade, right? You'd play all those goofy like wrestling games or whatever, right? And you would just do it because your friends were playing at the same time.
0: It weren't any fun to do yeah. by yourself. Yeah. So for me, um, I cheated a little bit. Um, for this one, I said in my house solo in the arcade, shoulder to shoulder with like other people. Because in my, because uh, as great as it would be to have like four or five people in the house playing sports games together, with the exception of my kids who are awesome. Like, I never have multiple people over the house to play games. It's all online. So if I'm going to play NHL or whatever, it's going to be, you know, like multiplayer. So, um, or sorry, it's going to be on, uh, you know, on Xbox Live or, you know, however we're doing it. Um, but that, that arcade experience, that in-person experience where there's, you know, like four sets of controllers of, or controls um, on the uh, control panel. And you just, everyone drops the quarters in, everyone goes and you're just laughing and slapping, you know, like uh, the turbo button. And like you said before, like not being great at football, but being good at games. Another one that I got away with that with was NFL Blitz, because you don't have to know what's going on with football. You just you got a turbo button and like you're hitting things and stop the ball from moving forward. Stop the runner, stop the pass. Right. And then jump on them afterwards for good measure. Like that's just a fun time with, uh, you know, like three or four guys like uh, shoulder to shoulder. So. So, yeah. And and I've I've talked about before um, the the appeal of having a hockey game with, like, ten real players controlling each of the skaters on the ice. It's just not something that you think about. Like, when you think about, you know, a ten-player multiplayer game, you think of, like, a shooter or, like, you know, like something where a bunch of guys are doing Killer a match or something like that. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, but, yeah, you don't think of, like, okay, there's two left wings, two right wings, two centers, four defensemen, and, you know, there's, there's just something like brilliant about the coordination that it takes to have another like four guys on the team and the face-off win comes back to you and okay like you got to take it back a little bit like you're like okay look at your options okay over here and then is this guy attacking okay i can't go left because he might take it for the breakaway i can't go up here do i have to clear? like you know there's all these decisions you're making and it's just different than when you play the computer because you kind of get used to the computer's tendencies of like i'm going to be able to just go over here and go around and they're not going to be aggressive and come at me and then i'll be able to do what i want to do it's just different against people so i really love that aspect of playing against people and having to learn what they're doing and i like fighting against intelligence as opposed to artificial intelligence because it's much much uh, I don't want to say less predictable. It's just much, much different. And you can kind of, I feel like I can gauge my performance against a person and adjust way better than I can do. Yeah, that You, you just team. have to shoot
1: left five times and then right. The sixth time
0: works every time. There you go. It's there just you go. psychology. Well, my, 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 my uh, uncle Tommy is possibly a Terminator. <laughs> that I, that I fooled. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so, um, I, I did choose both for this. Um, uh, but yeah, that 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 multiplayer aspect um, in in the arcade is 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 tough to beat. Um, so, uh, is there a uh, uh, any specific games that you guys are looking forward to um, on the horizon? So, Kelsey, I know you mentioned uh, you know the golf games that are kind of once a generation for the Mario uh, golf games, rather. So, is there anything else on the horizon that you're kind of looking forward? There to? There is. There's one
1: I'm really excited about, actually. Um, if you guys play Golf Story. You might know they're making a sequel <laughs> called sports story where they're doing a similar kind of game but they're adding like five other sports to it i am very excited for that because golf story is yeah. so much fun and it's so silly and you still have to be good at the golfing part of it so they're adding like soccer and hockey and a couple other things to this one still with the golf too so i, th- I just thought that was a really genius idea and they're taking their time and like it's been covid so I'm sure it got uh, delayed cuz of that too but maybe it might come out next year i haven't really heard update in a while but uh, i will i don't know if i'll wait to buy that one i might get
0: it real early when it comes out cuz
1: the uh, golf story was so
0: good i heard i did not know that and i heard i've heard so much good about golf story um, i've heard you talk about it i've heard adam talk mm-hmm. about it um it's supposed to be super super fun and it's just one of those random things that's been on my want list or wish list for a while and just haven't pulled the trigger but no i was not aware of sports story yeah
3: i don't think they've
1: advertised it much lately but uh, i hope it's not canceled i haven't heard anything for a very long time but uh, they did have Mm -hmm. a trailer a while back and it looks fantastic
0: sounds great all right Chris, anything that's uh, on the horizon that you can't wait to drop your pre-order bucks on? Hate to disappoint, but I really thought <laughs> and I could
2: not come up with anything for this one. So There's nothing right now that um, is grabbed my attention. Um, not to say that again at some point right. in time I won't be like, I'm ready for a racing game again.
1: I was just going to ask, are you hankering for that racing yet, or are you still got not... another year on you?
2: Yeah, I'm not right this minute, but... Um, yeah, I, you know, if if Sega said, "Hey, I'm we're doing another Sega Rally or or Daytona Pack or something," uh, mm-hmm. you know, they never released Daytona USA 2, deck on it, um, mm-hmm. on on things. I still have Daytona USA on my Xbox, which I like to go back and play from time to time. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, whatever happened to Ridge Racer? Maybe they could. Maybe another Ridge Racer could come out at some yeah. point. I feel like
1: that's one they could. They would be willing to try again.
2: Yeah I, yeah, I would, you know, maybe if another Ridge Racer hit the scene. I would, it's been long enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe give one of those a shot. Cause I think man, it's been it's like Xbox 360, PS3 since we had one of those, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think Ridge Racer was like 5 or
1: something seven,
3: like that. 7 I think was on oh, Sister's yeah. Game. Okay. Mm. Uh, maybe
0: uh maybe if uh Joe Montana Sports Talk Ridge Racer crossover. <laughs> maybe, I don't can get know. You, can uh get you back in. I you know, I would, um,
2: like I said, I tried whatever this other, God, I wish I could remember the name of the dang thing, and I can't. Um, again, it was like this low-poly racer, because I thought, like, oh, it's going to give me that kind of feeling of, like, an old Daytona or something. And it just didn't, uh, which is a shame, because it's really what I was looking for. But I could just have fun with another simple... You know, I think like virtual racing and and some of those older ones were they were pretty simple, but they were just fun to drive mm, yeah. around and and goof off. So I don't I don't need them
0: to be ridiculously complex. So if somebody could make something right. small and fun. I, I would have fun with that. Right. So just a very quick side note. I'm just speaking of simple games. Um, my kids uh, look at Game Pass every couple of weeks and they see kind of what, what's coming up that's new. And one game title that kind of caught. Uh, their attention is a game that just came out on Game Pass in the last couple of days called You Suck at Parking, <laughs> and it's just uh, uh it's um it's kind of like off road um like a control where like like you're controlling you know like the car you know like your accelerator is your right trigger and like you're you're doing left and right so almost like tank controls so you're you know controlling it like you would you would that and it's. The goal is to you know get through the course as fast as you can, and then you have there's like a little parking spot that's really just a tiny bit bigger than your car. Um, the kicker is once you stop, like that's it. There's no like there's no other chances. There's no gas. Uh, sorry, there's no like you know a, there's no more gas once you stop. So basically, you go, and it's, uh, and, like, if you kind of, like, hit the wall and you stop, it's like, all right, fail, and then it starts again. So it's got, like, a little bit of, like, a trials vibe where, like, it's, there, there's some failing and failing and failing, and then, like, okay, like, now I got it. Or any, you know, game that's like that, N Plus or Super Meat Boy. Um, but you, you know, so then you kind of make it, and then you make it a little bit further, and then you go over the ramp, and then you, and then it kind of zooms in a little bit when you're close to the parking space, and then, like, uh, and then if you land in that spot, it's like, all right, next level, and keep going. So, um, yeah, it's just a uh, uh, just interesting, like the the random little things that'll kind of pop up and kind of like pique their uh, their interest. So, um, you said you don't have a, a Game Pass anymore, so it's you know not gonna be available for you. But uh, um, they there's that one and Beacon Falls, which I think is like a little adventure rpg uh type game that looks really interesting so just a little little side note while we're chatting about uh kind of some stuff that's out there so um yeah and then the only thing i already mentioned before sports game on the horizon i'm looking forward to nhl 23 um it's supposed to be out this month or next month and like i said black friday if there's a a good price maybe um, since I used to have a couple of buddies who would play it, and we'd kind of, you know, like do some online games here and there. But being that it's just me, and, you know, if I can't convince my kids to play it with me, I'll just, you know, wait till I can get it for a little bit less, a little bit further uh, in the future. But uh, if I don't get it, I might pick up, uh, you know, 22 or 21 for, you know, some of the systems I don't have it for. So I'll be able to kind of, you know, the prices on those guys should drop when the new ones come out.
2: That's a good thing about liking. Annual sports titles is if you're willing to play the old one, you can probably get it for like a dollar or something, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, there's, there's, and there's so many um, vendors at conventions and uh, um, flea markets and stuff that just have like sports games, one dollar bin. And these are my favorite people um, because a lot of times that's what the game should cost. Um, but then once in a while you catch a nap and then you get something that goes for quite a bit more than that. So those are always fun little finds. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think that's all the questions we had for sports games. So that, that may uh, go ahead and wrap up the main topic. want to thank these guys very much for uh, chatting sports with me. Glad we could get all three of us uh, together for this. Um, and uh, we mentioned a few movies uh, earlier in the, uh, in the show. So if you guys got a few minutes just to discuss some of the films we've seen uh, lately. Um, why don't we go ahead and start with uh, Thor Love and Thunder since we've all seen it fairly recently. Well, me and Chris for sure. Yep, and then Kelsey I saw it not, in the not... theater
1: first week he came out.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah. So it hasn't been too, too long. A so, um, so I guess we'll start with Chris, uh, uh cause he started talking earlier about, you know, being a good popcorn film, probably not something you'd go back and, and revisit. Um, so just your history with the films. I, I assume you've seen the previous Thor films. Yeah, definitely. And, um, it was, kind of weird picking this
2: one up because where we left off like at the end it wasn't like the last thor movie but where he left off with thor it was like he was going to hang out with the guardians of the galaxy and he'd put on some weight and you know because what he'd lost his hammer and uh, although he had to get the other well, like storm bringer or storm or whatever, anyway, that whole storyline I mean, that was a big piece of what was like end game or something like that, wasn't it? Um, anyway, it was so weird to me that they were at the beginning, they're like, you they pick up, and it's like within like the first five minutes, like, oh yeah, just forget all that crap, like all this stuff we've led up to, just forget it all. Right, it just like it didn't happen, because like it basically goes into uh, well, by Guardians of the Galaxy, and then well, I had to work out a lot, and you're like, well, then why did they set any of this up? There was no payoff for any of it, and I, I was like,
0: man, that was
2: that was not great. That was not a great way to start I, the film.
0: I I thought it was really weird how the the trailer at least to me seemed to have like a lot of guardians of the galaxy in it like, probably cuz it had like,
2: all of it that was in the movie
0: <laughs> all of it that was in the movie was in the trailer so like i expected this to be a movie that had guardians for more than a few minutes and it doesn't like they're in the very beginning for a minute there's like a battle that you know they kind of have like uh, the the standard like taika funny you know haha moment where like you know the whole thing kind of collapses in like a weird, funny way and uh he has his little monologue and it's all it's all done for comedic uh value, which is fine. That's kinda of like the direction they've gone with this. Um but yeah, it's um uh it, it is weird to me that the trailer was so heavy on Guardians and they really are just for a few minutes. Um but like and like I said before, I don't have any uh any previous knowledge of uh Christian Bale's character, uh Gore um he starts off and obviously we're probably gonna get into minor spoiler territory probably i won't try to (laughs) that's major well no uh,
2: we're just gonna spoil the whole doggone thing so if you don't want to listen to it at
0: this point in time you should stop the show all right Uh, then we'll then here we go we're we're doing it one
2: thing i want to say though like i know you guys say gore and i read that and everything in the movie
0: i don't think they ever said that he's just the god butcher so yeah. i we watch we watch with uh so I'll, I'll be honest we watch with subtitles so whenever he's speaking it says gore and gore. so we're like okay like now i know who he is but yeah now that you say that i don't i don't think they ever say it. saying the name they just say the god butcher yeah over and over yeah. again yeah so yeah we we have to subtitle um because so. usually when we watch stuff the there's a child sleeping in the next room so we can't uh, have it super duper loud
1: that was the biggest reason i was excited for this movie was gore the god butcher was going to be in it and that it was christian bale i'm like that guy would take that role seriously and do some cool stuff with it for a character named the god butcher he killed one god in the first two minutes of the movie and no one else the whole movie he did not do any god butchering they just, like, kept saying, oh, he's coming, <laughs> but he didn't do anything. He's well, I think behind kids. the
2: scenes they, like, show that he had, but obviously you don't see any
3: of it. Yeah,
1: like, we we don't, I don't know. He. I felt like they wasted that character, like, just did nothing with him. That was interesting. And was it?
2: Okay, I, I, I'm i not trying to say this to get into any, anything sensitive. But it struck me, as it kind of weird that we can have the gods of all these, like, different things, as long as they're, like, gods that are from people that aren't around anymore? Do you know what I mean? Because they're even like, oh, there's, like, the Mayan god, and all of a sudden, like, okay, but you're not going to bring up any of the gods that people believe in now, so... They made one passing
1: reference to Jesus, and yeah, other than that, Right,
2: I'm like... probably it would have been i don't know just better off just not to involve maybe zeus right do like a zeus or something i
1: thought yeah so like he should have like with moon knight like there's a whole bunch of egyptian gods in the mcu right now so i'm like i thought something cool could happen there nothing i thought yeah they talked cool about like Ra for gods. like half a nothing. second or yeah. something
0: right yeah so what did so speaking of zeus um the uh, the cast the casting choice for Zeus I thought was interesting Beautiful. with Russell with <laughs> Russell Crowe playing Zeus and him doing that I, accent <laughs> I thought his accent was really it was an funny. interesting choice it was, yeah.
2: it was funny uh, yeah. not good but it was funny yeah yeah because I was like Susie busts out funny. with the Italian accent
0: yeah. <laughs> he's just and, like and also like perfect I, I have this pi- I have this picture of Russell Crowe in my head when he was a bit younger when he was in the gladiator la confidential uh virtuosity were uh uh what's what was uh sid was he wasn't sid and nancy was the other one um where he plays um sid and nancy was gary oldman but yeah but he's not a young man anymore right and he's and so and it's not even that he's not young because everyone gets older right russell crowe just keeps getting bigger he's a big man yes (laughs) he's a big dude he's a big man big tall and i just love that his like chest armor is like bowing out from his (laughs) body (laughs) and it was so great that like and you know and thor is telling him you know like like you you can't hide in here and they're like he's like like, yeah we can (laughs) we're safe in here and then there's like the thunderbolt battle like um I i thought that scene was cool um. O- overall I think the Thor character has kind of morphed into the version that we've had for the last few movies where you know there's some comedy in it for sure um, uh, the, the whole Jane uh, angle like I thought it was interesting how they did this whole Jane angle where like he's kind of smitten with her and like you know he knows like how many years months days hours seconds it's been since they've seen each other but then at the same time he's going through a similar thing with the Hammer and Stormbreaker where, like, there's, like, a jealousy thing like, between, like... That didn't hit for me at all and
1: it kept... Every it time it popped up, I'm either. like, oh, this isn't funny. We keep going.
0: When he was like, oh, they hate it. Like, hey, buddy. Yeah, yeah. just, uh, wanted, like, sorry, we've been fighting lately. Yeah, and, and when like, he's I like,
2: imagine. oh, I'm gonna give you your first beer, like, to them, like, yeah. this is just... That, that's one thing yeah. I mentioned on our Slack chat or our, our Discord chat, and maybe it's been creeping up, but they weren't full idiot with Thor this this movie. I mean, like they just made him an idiot. And I'm like, what? he didn't start out like that, right? I he's mean, like he started naive, out yeah. not stupid. Right, and he started out disconnected, stupid. right? Because yeah. he was a god and right. not really connected to people and all this other stuff. Yeah. But now he's just dumb. And you're like,
3: yeah. I don't know
2: if I really like that about the character i would Um, agree at all like why would why it just not it's not really funny it's just kind of like okay i mean yeah you've made him into a bumbling idiot and Mm -hmm. and the weird thing i have about thor and the thor movies is this weird on again off again thing with natalie portman's character where it's like oh she's gonna be in this movie it's not gonna be in the next movie uh, oh she's coming she, back in the, and then she's not going to be in that yeah game, she
1: didn't want to come back like when they used footage of her in uh, Endgame it was old footage like she didn't re-record anything they just like took stuff from Thor 2 because yeah. she had no interest in it until you know they made the paycheck a little higher I guess for this one
2: yeah and I was just I don't it wasn't really compelling to me because of that like no. uh, I mean you seemed to be fine earlier and now all yeah. of a sudden yeah. I mean don't get me wrong I get you like okay now you like she's back and then he finds out she's got cancer and I mean those things I get it right that's emotional and
1: I liked her character a lot I didn't like their relationship at all but I thought she was cool yeah and I was happy to see what they were doing with her but yeah her and Thor like they didn't have any chemistry anymore and they just weren't fun together and the
2: the comment was weird in a couple places where like oh you're you're a Thor now and like that's not even a thing. Like, Thor is a person, not a
0: category it's, it's of things. A, it's not a title. No.
1: Right, and like... In, in Marvel, it is. There's many Thors, like, there's many Hulks. There's many spider man Many Iron but, Men.
2: But in these films, that's not a thing, right?
0: Thor they'll, they'll is try a They'll get it there. Like,
1: there's, like, if you watch the Loki show, there's like five Lokis now. They're, they're gonna be but there's Thors, But there's... So. But
0: they've inter- but- They've introduced, like, the the multiverse yeah. concept, right? Yeah. and There's the, a reason for that.
1: Yeah. And the, the Loki um, show. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just used to that in the comics, and they they did it pretty clumsy here, i agree.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've not. She was cool with the hammer and everything. I really liked that now, like, the hammer could break apart into pieces. That was pretty rad, yeah. That was pretty yeah, cool.
0: That, that was the only piece, because I'd seen kind of the trailers and stuff, so when it broke apart and, like you know kind of went through like enemies on the way back and kind of reformed i i remember thinking at that point i was like that would have been an awesome movie theater moment where like everyone in the theater is like oh that was super cool um and then but like you said about certain things not hitting for you like there are certain jokes that just completely fell flat for me and you could tell that like they were waiting for the la- they were giving time for the oh, audience no. to laugh and i'm like you don't have to worry about the audience laughing there it's not going to like when they she was getting all ready for the thing and she's like oh, like what's that and oh they got i got this and what's that so, oh it's a bluetooth speaker and then they just are like dancing yeah. you know like in the hallway to the music i was like yeah that's absolutely that's a like
1: thing. a sitcom like a friends joke like it was weird yeah
0: yeah and, and i could
2: i would really have loved to see even like just a movie of her and being thor and fighting and being yeah. thor
3: I but thought there just wasn't was enough going. of that i there thought there was enough of it
1: yeah i thought he was going to be doing his guardian stuff out in space and she was going to be thor on earth and it was very much not that
2: yeah, I was like, I want to, yeah, like I want to see more of that stuff at the beginning, the action where she's like, you know, killing all these baddies and everything. That's I want to see more of that, and they don't really deliver much on that one.
0: Um, you no, know, yeah, really, just a few fights, and then she, you know, like it's consuming her, and then she's getting weaker and weaker, and it's like oh, I don't I'm understand like, no, why that either. That
1: makes no
2: sense. Why? They never explain why that. on earth this is killing
0: her. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, the kids that are, like, so, so back to Christian Bale for a minute. Uh, I, I I definitely see your point about him not just being this, like, you know, reckless god butcher killing god after god after god because the only one you see him kill is, like, that one, like, doofy gold-bleeding one in the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. um, with, like, all the Koroks and, like, the, you know, like, the the whatever you call those characters like the made of leaves and trees and stuff but i did think it was really cool how you saw the sword in the shadow and then the the you don't see the sword anymore and then you see the shadow oh, and the sword man. move so they were foresh- so they were foreshadowing how his design was around. amazing he yeah. looked cool and
1: like you said the shadows and the sword was fantastic yeah. i wanted more of that kind of stuff
0: wow And I watched the beginning of the movie again tonight because, like, we had the projector out, like, by the fire pit. And I'm like, oh, let's see how it looks on the projector. So I watched that intro scene again, and he really is kind of like – he has that transformation from, like, that, you know, kind of peasant who's, like, you know, uh, like, looking to, like, you know, uh, like, uh, um, honor the gods and, like, that's all he cares about. And he goes to that transformation where he realizes they don't care about him. There is no reward. Like, the joke's on you, right? And then when he renounces him – you know and and the and the god's like about to kill him the 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 shadow like hands him the sword and then when you see him like stab the god in the neck you see his whole face like not even the color but his whole demeanor is whole everything about him changes and then you see like the glow in his eyes um, and his entire per, uh, personality changes to the point where I was a little surprised later on when you see him, when he's, you know, talk, okay, like, all gods must die. And then you see him a little bit later on, and he's got a little bit more playfulness in his voice where he's kind of smiling and, you know, kind of like doing some other stuff. I thought it was going to be, like, deadpan serious and, like, like frightening the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he does kind of play around a little bit. He is frightening. That very colorless um, like uh, palette that they give his entire character except for like the glowing eyes and all the darkness and the shadow is terrifying. Um, And I'm I'm with you. Like I wanted more of that and you just don't get a ton of him. And I was a bit like, I don't know how big the character is in the comics, but I was a bit surprised that that is kind of it for him unless they do something to, reverse that or there's another universe or something i was really surprised to see that character end i yeah and i wish they would have spent more time like okay well
2: well, where the heck did the sword come from and what's that all about and why does it kill you if you're
1: if you have it and they they change things sometimes but if it's like the books the sword actually has a link to the origin of venom in the symbiote which would be really cool tie-ins to some, you know, Spider-Man, Thor, like crossover stuff. But yeah, they killed him, mm-hmm. so I don't know if they'll ever go back to any of that stuff. Right, but they, that
2: I think that's the problem is this movie didn't exactly know what it wanted to be, um, and I think if they it, it could have boiled itself down to something more essential, like again, like I think it could have been a great um, Natalie Portman Thor versus Gore. And they would spend more time in explaining some of these things, right? Like, where does the sword come from, and why? And why does he need to do these things? And why is the hammer hurting her, right? And they just have to go with so much stuff and jam things in that don't ever really feel great. I mean, it's never feel... And, like, what's-his-face, the rock guy, gets, like, mostly killed, but... Like, why is he even around anyway? Cause he's take because Wajite, he's taken so. away Because
0: he's voiced by the yeah. director. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, I mean, like like a throwaway character. It, yeah. It, I... He was really he he was this he was a uh, I don't know if you'd say stand out or breakout, but I think he was an unexpectedly popular character uh, in Ragnarok. I don't think they expected him to kind of like have the impact he did. So. And I, I read an interview or I saw an interview with Taika where, you know, they're like, so like Korg is like narrating, like, you know, pretty much like the whole film. And uh, he said, you know, uh, he said, it's funny, like, you know, like uh, I handed them the script and they're like, oh, you know, like, Korg's in a lot of this. And they were surprised. He's like, yeah, Korg's course, in a lot of it. Like, it's it's me. Right. So um but yeah, I thought it was really weird how he like mostly dies and then he's a face and then there's, you know, I, I, we rewatched it again this morning and the way they glaze over like on the introduction where it's like oh like thor like uh, uh he helped out this woman and this woman and this woman and it just shows him you know like saving the day and kissing like five different women but the woman he really loves is this woman and it really just kind of you know tried to compress like a lot of stuff and and fit it in and we haven't talked about music yet but, um, oh my god somebody you? loved Guns N' Roses. Somebody just recently like found Guns N' Roses catalog and was like can we not just have one Guns N' Roses song can we have like six? There was <laughs> Which, not hey, one like, song I'm,
2: that was not a Guns
0: N' Roses song. Yeah. And it, wasn't it was a, and a like point. and it wasn't like
2: two, oh here's a cut of oh, a Guns N' Roses song. No, you're gonna hear the freaking song. All 11 yeah. minutes. You're gonna, gonna hear go the, the whole song.
0: You, yeah. Buckle and in. Yeah, to their credit, like there was, there was a few like songs that weren't just like you know press play on the CD. Like they were like rearrangements, but using like the original masters. You could tell that like it was Slash playing. Um But yeah, like I was surprised to uh, and every time they played like another Guns N' Roses song. I was like, I don't know who's you know who made a deal with Axel or Slash, like he's got to get paid some money or whatever, but there's a lot of Guns N' Roses in this uh, movie. Yeah, and
2: almost to the point where it's, like, too much. So, I mean, because I was yeah. like, okay. When the they, you basically heard, like, half of Appetite for Destruction. Yeah.
1: yeah, when the credits opened, they played some Ronnie James Dio, so I forgive them for all
0: the rest of the music. Oh, that's um. right. It was... Uh, <laughs> um, I, t- I told my kids, too, It was like, you guys are going to like this, because it was um rainbow in the dark Best right
3: line,
0: yeah yeah it might be the only one that i can name <laughs> that's good but uh, holy diver
1: you know holy diver
0: holy diver yeah i can i could i could name holy diver as well but yeah I, I, I and like so whenever we're putting music like i'll turn music up in the car and my kids are like "Stop, it's too loud i'm like no you're gonna like this <laughs> when there's light <laughs> yeah but they're they're not into the same kind of stuff uh so far at least that i am but yeah so i mean we, we've all kind of you know come away with i think like similar overall feelings like you know w- there could have been some things that uh you know would have been nice if we had you know like more gore more killing more of that character after this uh movie you know some more exposition um you know but uh you know we got what we got we had some fun at the movies I'm pretty
1: um, excited about the tease at the end too
0: with uh, Hercules. Yes.
1: Uh, that's yeah. that's a really forget.
0: fun character to introduce to the MCU. I forget the actor's name, but he's from Ted Lasso, right? He plays. Um, uh, I forget the the character's name on Ted Lasso, but it looks it. like um, you haven't seen Ted. Oh, so Ted, so for anyone who's seen Ted Lasso, it's the um, the guy. Oh man, I mean, my 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 sister loves this character too. So he's like the one who's always like grunting. He's like the tough guy on the team. He's actually one of the writers. And speaking of like Taika Watiti like writing himself like, you know, the core into the uh into the um the movie. So this writer, he's like writing this um character and he and he kept kind of like, you know, like going in he's like oh hey like i wonder if i could play this guy so like he ended up uh like auditioning for this character that he wrote um uh it's not not jamie who's the other one it's um i can't really I can't remember the name but yeah the, the actors from ted lasso so another cool thing we find out is because during the zeus scene where he gets the lightning bolt thrown back at him by a Thor. I guess you just assume that he's dead because it, like, goes right through his chest. So then in the post-credits or, like, one of the Stinger uh, scenes, you see Zeus talking with, you know, the hole, like, in his chest. You're like, okay, you know, he's still alive even though I got the thunderbolt through him. And, yeah, that's when he he says, you know, like, we're going to have him fall from the sky or something like that. And then he kind of, like, sends Hercules out. It's funny because when we started to start watching MCU movies, my middle guy was like, oh, I can't wait to see the next Thor movie where Thor falls from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool, like the stuff they pick up on. And, uh, um, But yeah, I've, uh, I, I have no idea what Hercules is like in the comics either, so I don't know what to expect He's a there. good guy,
1: but he's often fighting other good guys because he's a vain god, so he, he's in some really okay. fun situations usually.
0: Gotcha. And then they... um, I apologize, but I have to Roy Kent. He's the so the, the actor's name is Brett Goldstein. He plays the character Roy Kent um, on Ted Lasso. So I I just couldn't it was on the tip of my tongue. I couldn't do it. Uh, but yeah, it's I, and I had not heard that he was going to be added to the MCU. So that's a really big deal for him because it's like his second acting role. And then they add that last little bit there, where
2: Natalie Portman ends up, Jane ends up in Valhalla. So I'm like, so she's not. They're gonna, you know,
0: somebody's gonna have to go to Valhalla at some yeah. point in time. I'm really curious if uh, any of this will make any of this any of these story arcs or threads will show up in Loki uh, the next season of Loki. Um, or if it's just a totally different story and then we won't see Mm -hmm. any of that. So interested to see where they go. But uh, yeah, I I don't know if we want to talk about uh, uh, the next movie, if there's anything else you want to say uh, in conclusion on, uh, on love and thunder. I think we beat it up a lot,
2: um, (laughs) which is easy because there's a lot of things to beat up about. But again, I would say I don't feel bad about watching the movie. I I just think it had more potential.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's, it's worth a watch. I'm Same thing. I'm glad I watched it. The kids enjoyed it a lot. And yeah, when, when, when you pick anything apart, it can kind of sound like you didn't like it as much as you really did. But yeah, ha- happy that I watched it and uh, glad to uh, see what happens next.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So I, uh, just in the interest of time, probably the only other one we'll talk about would be the extra credit movie um, uh, for last month, which is Lightyear. Um, We ended up seeing this movie in the theater uh, because uh, my kids uh, wanted to uh, just pop out for a movie. So we saw it. And then since uh, the last time uh, we made it the movie of the month, it's been added to Disney Plus. uh, So it's available to stream as well. Have you guys uh, been able to watch Lightyear? Yep. Uh, So Chris has so chris has not seen it do you do you mind if it's spoiled? now you, you go right ahead <laughs> okay. I, i'm pretty
2: sure i'm fine i just remember hearing yeah. that i guess this movie they thought was going to be bigger than it ended up being or maybe it was kind of a dud is that the deal
0: so i don't know about um you know like uh commercial success or like dollars or anything like that but when we saw it in the theater. I had heard the same kind of thing. People were like, oh, like, you know, like it might not be like kind of like up to the hype or like as good as a Toy Story or whatever. But we went to the theater, we saw this movie, and I remember walking out of the theater thinking to myself and saying to anyone that would listen, that movie was awesome. Oh. I loved that movie. Okay. And I called my wife and I was like, "I Lightyear was awesome. And then we watched it again on vacation, and my wife kind of looks and she was like, that was awesome. I love that. I was like, yeah, me too. Oh. And then we, uh, for for in school, like, because uh, school just started up recently, and they kind of do like the me sheet, like, oh, like, what's your, you know, what do you like to do at home? What do you, who are your friends, whatever? What kind of, what's your favorite food? One of the questions is, what's your favorite movie? And my middle guy wrote Lightyear. So, yeah, it was a big, big hit with us. Cool. Um, had a lot of fun with this. So um, I'll, I'll let Kelsey give his initial Yeah, no, I'm curious to hear about of, it. When he saw it, and then we'll go. So we
1: had some friends over, and we put it on to watch with the kids. And as usually happens, the kids left, and we finished it with just the parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I I liked it. Uh, I Not quite as hot on it as you, but I think I had – different expectations going into it because they kept hearing all the stuff like, you know, it's based on the real life person in that universe that the toy is based off of. And I don't think it had anything to do with any of that. It was just like a fan fiction, like light year movie that had no relation to toy story in any way. Uh, But like, I liked the time travel, like time dilation stuff. I always find that really interesting. Like I just watched interstellar and that was, had a really cool, part of that and this kind of played with that kind of same idea um it was like really dark like in terms of like actual like colors and stuff like a lot of it was just like at nighttime or in space and there wasn't a lot of vibrance to it which was like polar opposite of thor where everything was like constantly neon except for the one scene on the moon um the cat was stand out to us like all the parents <laughs> laughed at this stupid robot cat every time it opened its mouth it was pretty funny mm-hmm. uh it was a good
0: good twist at the end um cameron's got a shirt with that cat on it and it's you just look at it it's like, meow, 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 meow meow yeah meow. yeah <laughs> he's just he's just adorable and funny and he's got a lot of really good um uh, now i wouldn't call him one-liners but he's just got things that he says that you laugh and it's, he's great. So
1: the part that I laughed at the most was, so he's so far out of his own time because of all the time dilation stuff that he's kind of missed people evolving and changing tastes and stuff. So when they find the vending machine with the sandwiches and it's like, why why (laughs) would you put bread, meat, bread, it's always meat, bread, meat.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, sandwiches are, it's meat on the outside and one slice of bread. Yeah. So like they get, they get the sandwiches out of there and they're handing them out. And Buzz is kind of like, what, uh, what's, uh, what's going on here? What's it? And they're like, what's something wrong with your sandwich? He's like, yeah, it's, it's meat, bread, meat. And they're like, yeah, cause it's the sandwich. And he's like, no, it's bread on the outside. And they're like, you mean like bread, meat, bread. That's too much bread. <laughs> yeah. You dry your mouth out. And he's like, yeah, but like my fingers are like, getting it. And they're like, that's the best part of sandwiches, juicy fingers. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, so just to kind of go back to the beginning a little bit. So in a nutshell, the, the the text that opens up before the movie, is like, you know, years ago, this kid, Andy, got a Buzz Lightyear toy. Right. So they're talking about Andy from Toy Story, obviously. So um, it said um, the character uh, Buzz Lightyear was from his favorite movie this is that movie. So basically it's like the movie in his world that like that, you know, kind of toy came from. Um, I think I must've missed that opening scroll. Maybe I was like helping get the kids settled or something. Was it like a star Wars scroll? It it wasn't even a scroll. It was like text on Ah. the screen. And then like, you know, this is that movie. And then, and then it starts. Um, So um, it starts off with buzz and his like space ranger partner, kind of like, you know, Investigating a planet to see if it's like habitable or whatever, um, they ha- and they have like the whole colony ship behind them, right? So anyway, some events happen. It doesn't. Se- the planet kind of seems hostile. They try to escape. Um, the The colony ship is damaged during that attempt, and it is not able to take off from this planet. So the problem now is, since the planet's not habitable, they need to find a way to repair it to get off uh, uh, this planet. Um, but there's, so they end up, um, they have to, like, perfect this, like, jet fuel, like, like, hyperspace, uh, fuel recipe. And so Buzz goes up for, like, a test flight, and he, like, uh, gets close, but, like, no, like, can't do it. And then he, like, he goes through these, like, these, like, big rings that, like, are, like, like space breaks, and they, like, slow him down, like, okay, unsuccessful. And he lands, and it's been, like, years. And that's kind of jarring because, like, you know, people are older. Like, you know, like it's only been a few minutes for him, but years for these people. And he doesn't know what he's going to do. He doesn't want to let these people down. And what ends up happening is he keeps doing it. He keeps, like, doing the tests over and over and over again. And every time he comes back, like, his partner is, like, older and older and older. And then, like, she's an old woman. And every time he comes back, there's, like, a little bit more like you know like exposition with like oh like you know it's okay like we're doing okay here like people are adapting like it's it's all right and then he goes for the test and he comes back and his his partner that he's been with all these years has has died and leaves him like a message like for the hologram like oh well if you're seeing this you know um you know i I probably moved on but like you know you're doing a good job like it's gonna happen so what happens is he ends up doing the test uh, uh, like kind of like a final time, and it's successful, and he has the um the like the fuel recipe, and he's like, all right, let's land, let's get this out of here. But he lands, and like the ship crashes, or he comes back in the atmosphere. The ship crashes, and there's like robots everywhere that have like taken over, um, like uh, uh habited the planet, inhabited the planet, and he. Like a woman, like kind of like you know, grabs him and is like, "Oh, like you know, like get down. You gotta, you gotta, you know, like be careful of like, these robots." And it's like the Zerg robots from like you know, like the Zerg character from uh, from Toy Story. And so once he kind of the robots go away, he meets this girl and he realizes it's the granddaughter of his like partner. Um, and you saw her like she was like a baby and like the message that um, the last message that your partner sent you. And then this like last test you did was like another 21 years. So it's really it's 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 jarring in a way because like everyone Buzz has ever known is long gone because he's gone through so much time dilation. So it's really just him. And now he's got Izzy, his uh, uh, kind of granddaughter. And Izzy is part of this like kind of like, um, what would you call it? A. Uh, not a mercenary group. They're like nope, a. What do you call a, that? <laughs> they're, they're like a. Um, uh, they're definitely a ragtag uh, group of um,
3: they're
0: like, almost like wannabe warriors. Yeah, they
1: want to be a mercenary group, but none of them have the skills or the do-how to actually yeah. pull it off.
0: Like, you think that they're actually legit when you first meet them, and then you quickly find out comedically that, like, no, like, they're really just kind of like, I'd really like to help if I could, but, like, there's, like, an ex-convict. And like, you know, a uh, Taika Waititi voices of one of the characters. Um, so sticking with that theme. Um, so anyway, like that's like the whole setup. And now they have to figure out this whole like Zerg robot invasion so they can get this like formula back to like the mothership and like, you know, get to save everybody. Um, and that's that's where it kind of goes from there. And. It's just I, I thought it was a fantastic journey. Um, it's got some really really cool stuff. About I, uh, Chris Evans um, did a phenomenal job as uh, as Buzz. Um, he's got this really kind of kind of that 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 voice where like you can tell he's kind of ha- trying to be like commanding like Tim puffing um, it Alan up a is. little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely puffing the voice up a little bit. But he's also there's so many quotes too like where he'll narrate, like, oh, uh, Captain's Log, or Space Log, like, Stardate this, and his partner's, like, making fun of him, and he's like, you're mocking me, aren't you? (laughs) Like, there's so many, like, little, like, quotes, kind of throwbacks to Toy Story, but it really is about Buzz growing and learning to trust other people, because he really doesn't trust any of these guys at first, so he grows uh, to trust them. Um, They grow, you know, to kind of, you know, get through their own, you know, kind of fears and stuff like that. I did think there was a missed opportunity when they finally get up to like the Zerg ship and you find out who's running it. And there's a there's a, a man who's kind of behind, uh, you know, like all the Zerg ships. I really thought they missed an opportunity to have Tim Allen voice that character uh, because basically it is him. It is Buzz like uh, aged uh, uh, older. So like he's just been there. Uh, that's the Buzz, you know, like who's been living there the whole time, and he's like the time dilation Buzz. So you've got like two of them there, and it's voiced by, um, what's the guy? Uh, uh, J- uh, not Josh Brolin, who did, um, uh, uh, Thanos, but James Brolin, his father. Um, so he's another uh, famous, uh, uh, you know, pretty well-known actor. You can recognize his voice. So basically, it it almost becomes like this relationship similar to um the one in up between um like the bad guy and that and like uh, carl where they're kind of like at first they're kind of on the same side we're like you know like we both care about like you know like this area the preservation we got to do what we can but like the bad guy wants to go about it in a bad way so um it because so basically like the the bad guy buzz who wants like buzz, like, you know, the young Chris Evans buzz to kind of join him. He ends up wanting to, uh, you know, like erase, like everything that's been and like, you know, be able to kind of go back and then, and then buzz kind of realizes, but if that happens, like then like, like none of these people, like their lives wouldn't matter. Like Izzy would have never been born. Like it's, it's this really interesting, um, uh, concept. Um, and, uh, it's just it it's just really, really, really cool how everything kind of resolves and how each of the characters kinda gets through what they gotta get through, and there's just a lot of funny funny jokes uh kind of along the way, um like like Kelsey was saying before with like the cat so buzz is 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 kind of issued this cat like by the military as like a um like a therapeutic measure to like you know like. Monitor him, make sure he's okay. If he wants to talk, you know, like uh, anything like that. But then, like, he ends up like tranquilizer darting like uh, the 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 guards that like show up to like stop Buzz from like you know kind of getting away and taking the ship. And Buzz is like, "What? Like, was that for me? Like, in case I got out of line?" I <laughs> guess like I bought you five minutes. <laughs> so. But yeah, I, I love the cat. Um, there's this recurring joke where Taika Waititi's character is just really impressed whenever like he finds a pen. He's like, "Oh look, a pen! Like, anyone need a pen?" And then like late in the movie, there's a, there's a there's a spot where like they need a pen, and he's like, "I've got the pen." <laughs> it's just it's just. I know it sounds <laughs> dumb, like hearing me <laughs> say it, but I promise you, it's good. I, I like yeah. the
1: recurring joke
0: with the laser shield. shield. Laser, so the created. guy who. The guy who voices, um, like the so after his partner passes away, the guy who takes over, I forget like the character's name, but the actor I know him from The Wire. He played a character called Clay Davis. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, I yeah. won't do his quote because then we'll have to explicit. <laughs> yeah, censor the because show. we would have to mark it explicit. But Clay Davis, like I can tell this guy's voice uh, anyway. <laughs> and uh, so his his solution to the problem of like he's like oh you know like we're just gonna hunker down here like don't worry about it we got this laser shield thing going for us so his thing was like if we just surround the colony in a big laser shield we'll be fine so like one of the stingers like at the end of the movie um it's just kind of like that character like drinking his coffee in his office and you see like a like a robot like flying toward him like ready to kill him and it just runs into the laser shield and just like disintegrates and dies and he doesn't even turn around. He's just like, ha, laser shield. <laughs> he takes a sip of his coffee. But, yeah, um, it's it's just really solid. It's it's hard for me to describe. And I, I know I'm just kind of going through the plot of the movie. But uh, also what I didn't realize how much I liked it the first time is the music. And the music on the second watching, I really, really came to enjoy and appreciate. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I know the movie's got a little bit of flack for, like, it doesn't feel like a toy story no, movie definitely because not, not. cuz it's it's definitely not it's do you, you think know, it would've been again, better served like, if they just divorced it from the series i mean i i think they do that by by calling it lightyear and not you know like like lightyear a toy story story toy or, story know, like story would have been holy
1: yeah dudes.
2: but it's kind of like <laughs> okay we really want to get
0: the the follow on from people that like toy yeah. story but it's not yeah. toy story but that's the thing is like they did like they got the follow on from me and like I love all the quotes and I love all the, the references and like I really love all that stuff. And at the same time, I can recognize like it's a totally different world because like this is a movie that like this toy that this kid got was based on. So for me, like it all totally, totally works. Um, and I've seen it twice. I really, really love it. Um, I liked it better actually the second time, which I didn't, you know, know if how that would work out. Um, But yeah, it's uh, I I had heard that, you know, because like, oh, like it's not Toy Story. And also like there was some flack over like, oh, like, why didn't they get Tim uh, Allen to do it? It's like, well, you know, Tim Allen is, you know, if he's the guy who voiced the toy, like Tom Hanks doesn't voice his toys like someone else who like sounds like Tom Hanks does it. So like I and, uh, um, you know, so it didn't really bother me that Tim Allen wasn't in it. I thought Chris Evans was fantastic. So yeah, like none of the stuff people were talking about, and there was also like a little bit of a fuss brought up because there's a um, there's a same-sex kiss um, fairly early on in the movie because his partner um, ends up uh, getting a fiance who's a woman, and they um, every time he comes back from a test, you kind of see them like you know like oh they embrace and like they give a hug and it's so good to see again. Then the next time they come back and she's pregnant. Then the next time they come back and there's a baby and the next time they come, you know, so it's at, like and like at one of those uh, times, there's like a little like, you know, peck on the on the cheek or something like that. So there were people who were like, oh, like, do you really need that? It's a Disney movie. And it's like, you know, people exist in the universe. Like it's 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 time to let them exist. Right. So that was the only other like kind of like, you know, thing I heard kind of like revolving around the movie. And then when I saw it, I was like, it is such it is such a small like nothing little yeah little you know people are part always part of the scene people are always looking for things to get offended about yeah and I had a feeling it was gonna be like absolutely nothing and then it wasn't it was just people existing in the universe right so um but yeah um I you, you can kind of tell I'm gushing about it a bit Um, I really really enjoy this movie a lot and um i was really happy to see that uh, it resonate with the kids enough that they kind of listed it as as you know one of their favorites of their current favorites so
2: so i've got a question that's kind of i guess tangential to this but does pixar need to be a thing anymore because when it started disney was an animation studio house and pixar was this new cg animation style but now even Disney, for all their films, is completely CG. There's no more hand-drawn anything anymore. So is there a reason for Pixar to even be a
0: thing anymore? So they still... So it's 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 the same thing as, like, you know... Even if there were, like, three or four live-action studios, like, under the same umbrella. But there's, like, a studio that kind of has, like, their voice, their personality, their style because disney does make cg animated movies that are you know that's a disney movie it's not a pixar movie right so you have like you know your your pixar stuff and then you'll have you know like moana yeah you know like that's just like so and i know there's not like a there's not a direct line between like oh well the disney stuff is the musicals and then like the pixar stuff is non-musical that like you know might have like a, a song in it here or there but uh, I do still think that uh, Pixar has that, um, that kind of. I don't know if it's like the weight behind the name, totally. or if it's just I think... if it's just their style, or like the way that they put their like the they put their heart forward in the films. They they feel different, and I think the weight of the Pixar name is is why they, they keep that. They carry
1: two to three years worth of like really goodwill. Like they won't let go of that name unless it gets driven into the ground. Like it's just the recognition I think is worth a lot.
2: Yeah, I was just. It seemed like the reason for their existence started in very different places, and now that place isn't there anymore.
0: But. It's fine. Yeah. So just so just looking real quick back, cause I, cause I can never remember like which ones are the. Uh, so Pixar after Toy Story four was Onward,
1: Wally, uh, which I really out.
0: liked a lot. Soul, Soul Luca, yeah. Turning Red, and Lightyear. Um, so Luca was not Pixar. Luca was Disney. So yeah, it's it's but that's the thing too is like. Uh, um, uh, there, there's been such like there's been like a little bit of a blur because it used to be like Pixar was like the CG animated like you said. Yeah, and I the, don't even uh, remember dude. the last time. When was the last movie
2: that was animated that Disney did?
0: Uh, Princess and the working, Frog maybe. Uh, so there there's there's CG in that. So well, there is some hand drawing in it. So I was working at um, Disney when uh, they made the last completely hand drawn uh, animated film there. And to be honest, it might not have even been completely hand-drawn. Now that I think of it, there was a CG scene in it. I was working at Disney in college when Mulan was being made at uh, the Disney Studios there. And I remember... You know what it might have been? That might have been the last animated film that was made at MGM Studios. It's no longer like a working animation film studio anymore. And yeah, does Disney <laughs> even have the capacity to do that anymore? I mean they could but i don't know i bet they've I lost so much
2: a... talent from not doing it for so yeah. long they probably couldn't easily yeah. without starting things back up again
0: yeah I, th- I think the industry has changed so much too like i don't know how much hand-drawn animation is happening in the states i think uh the hand-drawn stuff is is gone very to much to the japanese side i think all the stuff's done yeah. in like vietnam yeah.
1: Even a lot of um, anime is going uh, CG now, too. It's very unusual. It's jarring to watch sometimes.
2: I know it's very expensive to do hand-drawn, but it seems like we're going to get to the point where that's a lost art. It just isn't going to really
0: yeah. exist anymore. Kind of a
3: shame.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, So I don't know if you had any interest in... Um, uh, and actually, just real quick, just to just to compare. So, I just read the 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 handful of like the last um, um, Pixar uh, films to be released. So, just talking about the a handful of the last uh, Disney Animation Studios. So, after um, Big Hero Six, you got Zootopia, Moana, Wreck Ralph two, Frozen two, Ray and the Last Dragon, and Encanto. Um, I love ray and the Last Dragon and I loved Encanto, um, which was very great. yeah, very successful mainly because of the music. I also thought it was really interesting how there's not really like a quote-unquote villain. Um it's a super it's interesting Franny. way that Grandma's they tell the story. The Come on. So it's so <laughs> it's not so it's not her, it's like the it's the turmoil in the family. Because, like, when the turmoil goes away, like, that's when everything kind of starts coming back. And then you also start to wonder, and this is a real tangent here, you also start to wonder if what's her name, like, the main girl who, like, didn't have a power, if her power was being able to bring the family together. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so to your point, can Disney make really good animated films without Pixar? absolutely but I, I i think that pixar still carries enough weight and has enough uh, punch behind that name that you see that word and I, I see film reviewers all the time they're like there's a pixar movie coming out i'm going to see it you know whereas with when it's a disney movie it's like I think it, uh i don't need to see frozen just because it's a disney movie i think it's you know? going to be like
1: bioware and once a few people leave pixar it's going to fall apart rapidly
0: yeah i mean so because there was a, a few big names like pete doctor um what's the guy the guy's name who directed andrew stanton who directed finding memo and some other ones like yeah there, there's some kind of long timers there that i think like you said like once they kind of migrate away if they don't have the good people to kind of step in and and keep it going they they might lose some steam but uh uh i mean as you can tell i'm a big, big, big fan of this film. I like it a lot and I'm sure we will watch it again whenever the kids uh, want to watch it. So, so yeah, so that, that's the the movies uh, for um, uh, for August. Uh, like I said, the September movie is um, uh, Heart 8. It's on Amazon Prime. So
1: I went over, my dad just had surgery recently so I've been spending a lot of more time with him than I have in the past to just keep an eye on him while my mom's at work we started just watching movies and the first few times he's like I, he's like i don't know what to watch you pick whatever you want and i was like well like, give me a genre or something and we watched edge of tomorrow was the first one i picked and he's like that was really cool like there was a lot of action in there i was like yeah i really like that one i'm glad you liked it too uh, next uh time a couple of days later i was like you're a sports fan i'm like you've ever seen moneyball he's like no what's that so i showed him moneyball and I, he's like wow that was really great so I was under the assumption he was going to let me keep picking movies. So I went over there and I'm like explaining. I'm like, do you want to watch Hard Eight? Like, gave him my pitch. And he's like, no, we don't need to watch that. So I haven't watched <laughs> it yet, but I, I'll probably watch it in like a couple days from now by myself because he didn't want to watch it cool. with me.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i a big paul thomas anderson fan i've never seen this one so i watched it i'll uh, uh probably the the next episode when we record the next episode another couple of weeks it'll be almost october so I'm we'll give everyone a chance to get through tuesday September.
1: i should be able to sit down with it
0: awesome so yes yeah, so we'll talk about that then and uh yeah so that's we got through our sports ball topic we got through a couple of movies i appreciate you guys chatting with me and thanks everyone for hanging in there and if you have some thoughts about the movies, uh, you can join us, um, in our, uh, discord, um, just throw a buck into the, uh, Patreon.
1: Speaking of our discord, we have two new Patreons that joined, uh, one of them to specifically to jump in the backlog challenge. He's going to be, uh, playing some Psycho Fox on the master system and talking about that with us.
3: Yeah. Thanks to
0: Shaggy and game boy guru. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Having those guys in there. they, they, Definitely brought some liveliness into the 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 day they came in the Discord. It was chatting all over the place. It was really nice to have a couple of uh, fresh faces, some guys that we know uh, very well, um, Shaggy uh, from you know RF Generation and Metalfro obviously from uh, the RF Gen uh, Sh- uh, Shoot the Core cast. Um, these guys are regular participants in the uh, Secret Santa. Uh, foreshadowing which is going to be coming up uh, not too long in the future so hope to have them participate in there as well um, and uh, Kelsey mentioned earlier uh, the Bat Chat um, we are almost through uh, Dark Knight Returns um, so I think we're going to keep the Frank Miller train rolling once we finish that um, I've got one issue left I think we have uh, everyone's true. up to yep so we're, we're reading that final issue and then we'll have our, our thoughts on Batman uh, sorry Dark Knight Returns So yeah. So again, thanks everyone for joining us and we will see you next time.